0: Today's podcast sponsor is Santa Cruz Medicinals, and it's a company I'm proud to talk about because I've been using their CBD products for years. We use a CBD beef tallow to cook our elk steaks, and their CBD cream is one of the best things I've used post-run to help ease the pain in my muscles. They make an array of potent CBD formulas. To be effective, CBD has to be dosed properly, and Santa Cruz Medicinals has those potent dosages. They make CBD deep sleep caps, pain creams, magnesium, beef tallow, which can be used as a moisturizer or for cooking, MCT oil, and more. Check them out at scmedicinals.com and use the code KEEPHAMMERING for 15% off and free shipping in the USA. Leupold Optics has been providing my binoculars and eyewear for the last few years I like that it's an Oregon company, and they make such high-quality glass. That's all I've really used. And if you can't find what you're hunting, it's going to be tough to kill. So Loophole Optics has really played an integral part in my success these last few years. Thank you, loopold for supporting the podcast. Every step I take, I move my truth. Every time they tell
1: me stop, I you. Every comment, hate that makes my feel. Gather up my energy and boom talking, the way that I move is so reckless, that is a part
0: of my mind I've been blessed with, giving my blood so I am relentless. Welcome to the Keep Hammering Collective. I'm here with Matthew Centrowitz, Olympic champion in the 1500 meter, what well, was 2016, right?
1: Many years ago. Yeah. seemed like yesterday, but.
0: <laughs> well, I watched that, I mean, I've watched that run many times and we just watched it last night again. I'll, uh, just. Because it's so epic seeing an American runner hadn't won that Olympic final since
1: 1908 until you won it. Yep. And the beautiful thing about COVID, well, the only beautiful thing about COVID um, was that I became the second longest reigning Olympic champ because I got that extra year. Oh, nice. the Olympics were in 2021. So (laughs) I got an extra year in 2020 to- Five years. To still be uh, the Olympic champ. So yeah, that was kind of a, a special thing, but- Starting to kind of slowly move on to the next Olympic cycle and try to, you know, that's that's kind of the tough thing um, about sports, um, but in track and field in general is like there's always another race around the corner. And there's always something else that you haven't quite achieved and right. that you have on your on your goals and on the horizon. That's like, yeah, mm-hmm. you maybe took a few weeks or maybe even a couple months to like bask in that Celebrate. and then it's neck like, move on. you yeah. know? And can't it's like,
0: really rush on your laurels. No. Definitely this. not in the sport.
1: I no. mean, it's, it's unforgiving. Um, even like Usain Bolt, you know, he's, he's lost uh, a few times, and it's just really hard to, to kind of have a perfect tracking record and to always be on your A game and, um, you know, obviously injuries too. It's, you yeah. put a lot on the body. You know, I mean, we don't run 240-mile races, but uh, <laughs> the one mile that we do run is, is quite taxing. So oh,
0: I can't imagine. I mean, so what does it take? So for somebody like me, and looking in, I don't know what your life's like, you know, you see glimpses of it, but what does it take to become an Olympic champion? I mean, what has to happen and what do you have to do to get there?
1: Yeah. I mean, it takes a lot. Um, I mean, I was telling you this yesterday on our run, uh, you could be Prepared like mentally, physically, and you still need that like one or 2% um, amount of luck. You know, you need things still on that right given right. day. And I think what makes the Olympics so special compared to like any other sporting event, Um, in my opinion, in in like the World Cup, it comes every four years. Right. And so it's not something like, uh, you know, with NBA, you have best of seven. So you know what I have, I woke up with food poisoning, I had a late night, whatever it is, I could I can get it back on game two, three, four, five. It's like, you know, you wake up that Olympic final, and you got to, shitty night of sleep or you're texting your girlfriend all night and that was, she was keeping you up and Mm -hmm. that's it. That's, that's the one shot you got until, uh, until the next four years. And usually in this sport, you know, um, yeah, those, those chances don't come often.
0: So on that day, for whatever reason, all the stars aligned and you came across the line first. I mean, (sighs) so incredible
1: I mean I'm still kind of in disbelief <laughs> every now and then I mean yeah right after that race I mean it took me I think my celebration was just like looking up in the screen and like you know my mouth or my hands over my mouth and yeah I mean I I kind of had a reputation for quite some time of like post-race celebrations and right. being very arrogant and cocky and whatever and that was like the one time I had nothing planned <laughs> nothing and I didn't say. know what to do I was just double checking the scoreboard that I wasn't celebrating a second place thinking I was first or whatever and so so it was uh yeah it was a special moment for sure and then having my dad in the stands um and my sister can't neglect her um it was it made it even more special uh the NBC interview I did after the race they like they want to talk about my race but more importantly they wanted to show me the reaction of my family and friends in the crowd and uh yeah I think that was the part where I started kind of tearing up a little bit and it was like it's more than just me, it's bigger than me you yeah. know and um you know obviously my, my family and and friends, um, all came along for the journey and it was, it was a piece of, uh, piece of their success too.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can't, you're always be known as an Olympic champion. And it's like even when we were meeting people yesterday on running, I mean, it's so easy for me to say, uh, you know, this is, this is Matthew Sintrowitz, Olympic gold medalist. And it's like, for anybody they're like holy shit what yeah you know I mean if they don't know you if they're not track whatever but most people do know you but still you say that and it's just like automatically you're at the about the highest rung of the ladder it's just I can't imagine
1: no you know and so what like one of my favorite athletes is Kobe Bryant and obviously since his passing like I've listened to a lot of his podcasts and and interviews and whatnot and it's so funny to me that everything he's achieved in basketball that most of the time when they start going down his credentials and accolades, the first thing they say is Olympic champion as well. Like they won't say like, you know, I mean, X amount of all-star and NBA champ, but like to those guys, like winning the Olympics is like almost more important than an NBA title. NBA, like I said before, like NBA titles every year. Yeah, You know, those guys only, the Olympics comes around every four years and who knows if they're going to be selected for the next one. And so even when you see other big time sports here in the U.S., um, even to those guys, yeah, mm-hmm. like Olymp- Olympic champion in Olympics is like, it's the best of the best and it's, uh, there's no greater feat. Yeah. I mean, to, to that point,
0: I think when we talk about it, cause everybody loves to compare sport, you know, and whatever, whatever sport you're in you compare different athletes and eras. And I do find myself too, is like, oh, he won this, you know, Jordan won six. Yeah. And yeah. then you're like, well, how, what did he win a gold medal too? You know what I mean? Yeah, It's like, yeah. that's the di- di- differentiating factor, but I, you reminded me of something when you mentioned Kobe, um, you see that where, what I see now since it's passing is I see a lot of videos and it's more about his mindset. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They don't show him winning championships. They show him being like ruthless. Is that, do you take part of that type of mentality into what you do also?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, I, I would venture to say, you know, you can ask anyone and they'll say it's 20% mental or it's, you know, 80% mental. I don't know what the percentage is, and I'm not going to throw out an, uh, a, a number here, but I will say in in running specifically, when you go to all the professional groups around the world and you see all of the athletes that are lined up in the Olympic final, we all worked our asses off mm-hmm. to get there. You know what I mean? Everybody's and elite. everyone's elite. Um, you know, I mean, maybe someone ran 100 miles and someone else ran 85 or someone did this workout. And that, it's all the same, you know what I mean? And, and But really when it comes down to on that day is what separates, you know, first place to fifth place and 12th place is the mental part. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of times the, I, I got shit over the years because like that Olympic race was super, super tactical. So yeah. it was much, much slower than most They're finals, a pedestrian pedestrian pace. pace. Yeah. And, um, and so I think more people probably credit my successes over the years of being like one of the smarter and more like mental, mentally strong athletes than physical. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'll, leave, I'll leave that debate to other people, but I, I value, you know, just the mental um, strength a lot more in track and field than the physical strength. And I mean, when you're doing 240 mile races and you're out there grinding more hours than I am out there, I mean, you know, we were talking about this yesterday. Like I won't wear headphones. I won't wear music when I'm running because I like being in my thoughts. I like that I'm getting mentally stronger, whether it's like, pushing through a hard mile, pushing through a hard workout. Whereas like if I have some headphones on or if I have some other distractions to take me away from like what I'm doing right then and there, it's like an easy way out. Right. And so I'll do anything that can like potentially like get me stronger mentally. And and I find like something so small, like not wearing headphones, not listening mm-hmm. to music and like actually like working through this workout and this run or whatever it may be during, um, the course of the week is, uh, it gives me the extra advantage I need over my competitors.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, Goggin says that too. He says like, um, wearing or listening to music when you're running is cheating, is how <laughs> he looks at it. But it's a similar type of thing.
1: Listen, I at the end of the day, you know, as a professional runner, we only dedicate, I would say, anywhere from ninety minutes to two hours a day mm-hmm. of running. Of right. running. And if you can't for two hours a day, Tune out the distractions, put the headphones away, put the music away. I mean, you could be on your phone the other 22 hours a day, whatever mm-hmm. you, I mean, we are, right? Like, everyone's on their phones these days. And it's like, if I can't just put that phone away and like focus on what like I need to work on or what is like going on in my life or in training and racing, just for those 90 minutes, two hours, go find another job. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, we're talking earlier today just like how great our like jobs and lifestyles yeah. are. And this it's is like, work. I love it. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, I, I don't wanna like, you know, I don't need a distraction I don't want to like you know make it easier like I I actually enjoy like you know getting better and knowing I'm getting better yeah Mm -hmm. exactly
0: yeah um I was thinking so in that Olympic final what what were you thinking tactically because you knew you were running you know I saw I think one lap was a 69 which is or 67 maybe which is pretty slow for you guys and then it I remember the announcers were saying that, you know, it's basically coming down to a one lap sprint. Yep. You know, it's, you saw that you guys kind of r- ratcheted up, but what were you thinking at that time? Just like fighting for my position. You um, know, you did get kind of boxed in yeah. for a second coming into that. You la- see that move
1: I made on the yeah. inside? Yeah. And that was before all the pushups I did with you. So imagine what <laughs> I'd be able to do now yeah. after arms yesterday. No, you know, it's, uh, I think I need to patent that move. I, I've done it before at a previous world championship and a lot of times especially like in a tactical race you kind of float to the outside of lane one because you want to push people wide oh oh i see yeah 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 yeah. and and so like make them run further correct exactly and so i like kind of got boxed in and i was like actually in a pretty shitty spot like i was in the best spot all race and all of a sudden the kicking is about to start and then this guy body checks me gets around and i'm like fuck like i'm sitting there going like dude i ran a perfectly race up to this point and like i'm you could see me look out wide Mm -hmm. because i'm I'm not panicking yet, but I'm definitely trying to get out. Right. And all of a sudden, I was like, "No, you know what? I can't get out. Like, there's too many bodies. Everyone's there." And I just went back on the inside, looked, and I knew he was going to drift out just enough for me to like just squeeze inches. by. Mm-hmm. And um, as long as I'm not putting my arm out, like I'm not impeding anyone, just drop my arm, um, my elbow down. Um, and uh, I made one quick step, um, side step on the inside. Didn't step like inside the rail. Yeah. And then that momentum, just like. I didn't even think twice. I just kept that momentum. It was like, this is my bid for home. Yeah. And um, And honestly, had he not gotten in front of me, I don't know when I would have started to wind it up. Right. And I'm not like, in my opinion, I don't think I'm the fastest guy in the field. So for me to get that jump on the field, like was yeah. everything in that race of like 10s, right? In milliseconds. So, right. Um. Yeah, I, I look back and, and uh, I mean, I think I led a 1,500-meter race. I left 1,450 meters. You know, there was, like, just only 50 meters of that race I wasn't, Crazy. I wasn't leading. But, you know, I felt really bad after the race because um, I could take shit. Like, I've been getting shit, like, my whole career. You know, mm-hmm. like, if I run fast, it's like, oh, he didn't win this race. But if I win that race, it's like, you didn't run fast. You know, critics yeah. will find something. Yeah. But I felt bad because after that race, um, the Paralympics were right after And the winner of the 1,500 meters, I think they might have ran almost the same time. And so everyone was like, you would have won, you would have won the Olympics. Oh, and, man. and, uh, and I'm not going to say anything. Right. Like, right. I mean, it's, it's, you know, whatever, it's all good faith and good yeah. nature. And, and, uh, he messaged me even though, you know, he didn't need to. And he was like, I just want to let you know, like, you know, obviously I wouldn't have won. And like, I don't, listen to those guys. I'm like, right, listen, you don't have to explain anything. You right. ran a great race. And, and so like, it was just so much like talk about it, like mm-hmm. afterwards. And, um, you know, for me, it's like, because that was such a slow and tactical race, mm-hmm. had that been a normal race in maybe 20 or 30 years, no one would be talking about it. But now I know they're going to always be talking oh, yeah. about it for that's about decades be one to come is, because yeah. it's so slow. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a positive.
0: Isn't the, uh, the Olympics are tactical. Like that's usually what happens kind of, it's never really, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm not thinking of it right. Yeah. It's but about winning. It's yeah. Not about running it's fast. About, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's seldom ever world records set at the Olympics because people are like, tactical like nobody wants to make that move early and so it turns into it doesn't really matter the time. No. It's a fucking and gold medal.
1: Exactly. And, and, and because of that race, the races now, like I know I was watching the world championships with you and Eugene last year, mm-hmm. the, fifth, the the event has changed now. Mm-hmm. Like no one's waiting for the last kick because that's like what's best for them. And what was best for me and a lot of the guys in the race, we all had really good kicks back then. Yeah. We were all like, we're content with just letting it. So at the end of the day, like athletes are just going to cater to their strengths. Right. And whether it's fast or slow and, and some athletes will take it on, but you know, for me, I always felt better when a tactical race because, mm-hmm. again, it was more this than actually the legs, right?
0: Yeah, because I think Pree, you know, we we were up by Pree's rock yesterday, but he didn't have that. That I think he had to push his pace in the Olympics because he didn't have that kick. He knew the guys had it. So that's, hey, if you don't have a kick, exactly. you better get out and push that pace. And
1: Pree would tell you that too, right? Yeah. He'd be like, "I'm I'm doing this because, one, I'm getting the most out of myself. But, two, like this is what's the best way yeah. for me to win.
0: Right. You yeah. know, and so— I mean, it's it, kudos to you. I mean, Nick Simmons kind of has that same approach in yeah. 800. You know, we watched, there's a few races and we were talking about it yesterday, a few races that I go back and I watch and like your gold medal win, Nick Simmons, the uh, Olympic trials where he, he won here at the old Hayward, um, that with Andrew Weeding and, and, uh, Christian, I can't remember his last Christian name. Smith. Yeah. 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 Epic race. Organ uh, sweep. Yeah. Emma winning the world championships. I just, there's some that just stand out. Then you had, what What were some of your favorites you, you mentioned?
1: Yeah, you know, um, there's so many, so many great races I know. Um, you know, one that I'm really proud of is a is high school race that I won um, at the the end of my high school career. And it was a it was a two mile at the national meet. Mm. And if you go on YouTube, it's like so old that you could barely make out who's yeah. who. But um, it, it's a really cool race because a lot of the top guys from that race are still racing now. Mm. Um, Evan Jay, You're in the steeple. Um, and and, uh, and so forth and so that one was a kind of a big breakthrough race for me. I think that really kind of solidified my name and what was so cool about that race for me is like talking about prefontaine I ran 841.5 and so I tied Steve Prefontaine to the 10th wow. um, in, in the high school two mile. So you know at the end of the day and I always knew this that like with innovation and new technology and spikes and all this stuff kids are gonna like, and, and new training. Like, mm-hmm. they, they work their asses off. I don't want to disc, um, discredit that. But I knew eventually, like, records always get broken. And people, will, like, slowly move away and off the, the, you know, descending order list and the top 10 list. Yeah. But I'll always be tied with Prefontaine and, like, shoulder to shoulder with him. That's So amazing. we could be 100th on the all-time list, but he's 101 <laughs> and I'm 100, baby. <laughs> that's, so that's awesome. So kind of, uh, that's kind of a cool thing. Yeah. I, were you being recruited at that time? Or did- I was. I had already signed my contract with uh, with the University of Oregon. Okay. And that's the sure. funny thing is... is um, Like I wasn't even, I wasn't on anyone's radar my Mm -hmm. junior year. Mm -hmm. So when colleges were recruiting me, the only reason um, why University of Oregon recruited me, because it's my dad, you know, my dad ran here in the seventies and, you know, was a two-time Olympian, former American record holder. And so like, obviously like was a big name for, you know, huge University of Oregon running. Mm He was uh, the school record holder here in the 1500. And so it was almost like they had to recruit me because I'm, Matt Centris's son, yeah. and so I knew that a little bit, like you know. But I, at the same time, you know, sometimes you know you just go along for the ride and, and be grateful for the opportunities you get. And so um, I don't think the I don't think the college coach really expected me to take off like I did at the end of my senior year. And they're like, "Fuck!" Like, <laughs> good thing this is Matt Centris's son because yeah. we probably would not have recruited him.
0: And and then you came to Oregon, and your career at Oregon was just incredible. I mean, no matter no matter why you got recruited or signed, whether it's your dad or whatever, you got to to the big stage and would you win three national championships um yeah, we won probably three we probably time. we no, probably you, won a
1: lot of individually yeah. i actually only won one. Oh, you did okay. yeah gotcha. I, I won one and i left i was done i was like there mm. we go i got the one i'm cashing out i'm going pro what was that you in? know 15? it was in the 1500 okay, yeah. yeah and and that was uh so i had a whole red shirt for, um senior year that i had left but i was so young and and you know with track and field like there's not the opportunities that you get like in other sports once you like strike like you got like, to like take advantage of it yeah yeah and so um uh, you know I see college kids all the time where like they're hesitant of like going back and this and that I'm like you're one everyone's one injury way of like mm-hmm. not having any contract or having any opportunities that like you get when you're really hot yeah and so um I just felt like you know what I I'd been in college for four years I got everything I needed out of the University of Oregon and I was going to go join a Nike group um and just kind of like yeah like look forward past NCAA into like the world stage you know yeah. and that was kind of uh yeah I, exciting. like I said yeah Was that was that exciting yeah you know I think like I'll be honest like I had no idea that professional running even existed. I was so dialed in and so locked in, and that's like, that's like my one advice I always give to high school kids because I, I get like the question a lot of like, either like what, what's one piece of advice you'd give us right now, or like they would ask like, um, hey, I want to break four minutes of the mile in, in high school, or like I want to do this, I want to do that, and I'm just like, listen. Like, go one step at a time. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're a 430 miler and they want to break four. And I'm like, dude, slow down. Let's break 420 first. You know what I mean? Like, that's <laughs> yeah. like, if, if your goal is to break four and you're a 430 miler, if your goal is to be an Olympic champion and you haven't even won high school nationals, every race between now and that goal is going to be a letdown. It's going to be a failure. Yeah. And it's good to have those goals to, like, want to go to the Olympics and want to run for the University of Oregon and break four minutes of the mile. But have that out there, but don't be focused and concentrated on that and find, like, day-to-day, season, in-season goals. So like it's, you're accomplishing something, you're feeling good, you're building good, positive momentum, things that are attainable, And so especially at a young age, like it's so easy to just be like let down all the time and depressed on like not achieving everything you want. And then before you know it, you're giving up and you're not even like, you know, going down to to college or like a D2 school because you didn't hit what you wanted to Mm -hmm. hit. Um, I mean, Nick Simmons was a D2 guy. Yeah. You know, you don't have to have running success at an early age like you do in golf, like you do in other sports, Mm -hmm. like running. You could be doing this like older than you. You know what I mean? You (laughs) that's impossible. You could be. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, there's like, yeah, there's just like so many opportunities and and so much um of uh, of running that you can make it. And, and kids want everything now, you know yeah, what I mean? I know. And distance Everybody running, does, you need
0: patience, especially kids. It's true. But uh so, how do I get in the forest? I want 4.59 mile.
1: Okay, where I are mean, we at right now? Where uh, Where do we think that PR is right now?
0: With Nick, I think I ran. So we were trying to run my fastest mile. We were over there on that sawdust over on um, Priest Trail, yeah. And yeah. I ran like a. A 515, maybe? Okay.
1: Yeah. So so. I'm going to say this right now. (laughs) That's probably worth a sub five already. (laughs) I mean, on a track, on rubber or like on a road, that surface is like so much faster. Okay. Also, you got Nick, not me pacing you right, right. and running with and, and ask Nick, I'm just a little bit smoother. I feel a little bit easier running by. Um, no, after we went out yesterday on our first mile, I feel like you got some wheels that you haven't really exercised <laughs> no. yet.
0: No, I'm just kidding. But, but that was fun. I mean, it's such an honor running with a gold medalist. It's just like. Dude, you've been in this in this town, your name. I mean, I've been at the track meet with you, people yelling, Cintro, it's like you're like a rock star. And uh, it reminds me of that, uh, I think Travis even has a poster up of pre Wars, we're all the rock star runners. That's you, dude. <laughs> you are. Your personality, <laughs> and, and then you back it up, and then you talk a little bit. Yeah. It's like so unique. So it's an honor for me to spend that day yesterday with you, running lifting and shooting
1: well listen it, the, the feelings are mutual um you know we've been talking about this for I don't even know years now and yeah. um I j- I'm just cracking up still at you know I'm asking you what pace you're ready to run and <laughs> you're like I'm gonna run 10 minute mile pace and I mean the first mile was probably seven minute pace and I'm just thinking like this run is going to be a lot more difficult than I thought it'd be <laughs> uh, but no it's uh you know track and field like obviously has given me so much and um you know I wish you know when you're talking about you know, star runners and, and and like, you know, doing something with the sport and, and making it more popular and, and guys like you, you know, that come from different backgrounds and um, you guys like getting involved and, and bringing like guys like me on, on your podcast or just going out for runs and, and bringing light to it, it. It's like, it makes me feel like, you know what, like track and field can have this presence in sports of like, yeah, it's, Kick ass. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's tough. You know, because it has this reputation of like, you know, it's not like I said yesterday, it's not a contact sport. So everyone's right. like, you know, like, you know, it's not tough. You know, you guys are pussies run, you know, and it's like, it, it's, it challenges you in different ways, you know, like, obviously, yeah, there, it, there's no skill set with running like other sports. But like what you get out of running is like so much more rewarding, um, in my opinion. Of course, and I'm biased. But um, I mean, I appreciate. I guess what well. I'm saying is, I appreciate <laughs> you uh, having me out here and, and linking up and, and doing things like with Emma and Nick Simmons and I. And um, I even know like Danny Duncan was a was a runner in high school. And so like, yeah. you have those like personalities and you have those people like around the world that like either had running background or want to see in a good place. And so. Um, I just hope, uh, yeah, whatever that next stage is, whether it's um, me starting my own podcast or or, um, having some type of involvement in the sport, we can kind of, you know, keep it like, I don't want to say like make it popular, but like get more people like involved.
0: One of the best additions to my daily routine is mud water. It tastes very good. And I don't know if it's my body craving it or the blend of adaptogenic mushrooms, cordyceps and lion's mane. But all I know is I feel like it helps me with mental clarity. Sometimes I add it to my daily coffee, and it gives it a little extra flavor. Mudwater is 100% organic, gluten-free, and Whole30 approved. They also give back and donate to the Berkeley Center for the Science of Using Psychedelics to help treat individuals with mental health disorders. Go to mudwater.com backslash cam and use code cam for 15% off your first order. I think a lot of you guys will be interested in this next sponsor. First Light Farms is a New Zealand-based farm that ships elk meat straight to your door. The reality is not everyone's going to fill their tag every year. So First Light Farms is ready to fill your freezer with lean protein that is high in iron, zinc, and B vitamins. To tell you the truth, I've been pretty surprised at how tender the meat is from First Light Farms. And I guess it's because they have no natural predators in New Zealand, so the elk live a pretty low-stress life, and you can taste that in the meat. They're offering listeners of the podcast a 15% discount using code CAM15 at stateclub.firstlight.farms. The link will be in the show notes of the podcast for those interested. I, You know, I'm a big track fan. Living here in Eugene it's hard not to be. But uh, yeah, I, I've always said that runners, professional runners, people, even, even ultra runners, but just runners in general deserve more respect and that... Spotlight on them than they get because it's so hard, and it's like you have to sacrifice so much. Some, like, I don't know how many miles a week are you running? I mean, what do you try to get?
1: any 80 to 100, yeah, you know. And
0: I mean, I a mean, lot you of those... knock
1: out half that in a race, but yeah, we won't go there, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But it's still, uh, I mean, that's so much dedication and focus. And to try to be the best in the world, you got everybody, everybody runs, you know, it's not like this, you know, a downhill skier or a golfer, which. Not everybody has the means to be a skier or a golfer, but running everybody runs. Yep. So you're lining up and you're challenging the world yep. in
1: something anyone can do. Anyone. That's and, and they can and there's tracks around the world that someone can go there right now in brazil or in korea or wherever australia and they can like measure themselves up against anyone yeah but i can't measure myself up against lebron james nor nor do i want to (laughs) nor do i want to i get bodied but you know what i mean and and so that's a really cool thing and it doesn't you know you don't need like fancy gear you know you don't need um you don't need a track you you have a road maybe it's not soft surface but you you can run anywhere
0: And that's that's what I'm saying. That pool of competitors that you have to beat is probably the biggest there is. You know, maybe soccer might be close. Basketball has, you know, a lot, lot. but running it's like the barrier of entry is so low. For sure. You're beating the entire world. So you line up in an Olympic final and you're saying, I'm going to be the fastest guy to finish this 1500 meters today.
1: And it's like incredible, dude. You know, you talk about, um, you know, growing up here. And, and knowing like how important and big track and field is here um tell me about uh you enjoyed Bill, dillinger's house last oh night oh my god yeah because i mean think about the rock stars that he like had some pictures with last night yeah sam elliott like i, I mean you know kevin costner dude <laughs> like there's like you know what i mean like we yeah. talk about the per- like it's just uh it's such a cool thing to see like the interest at least back then and like you know want to keep that going but yeah
0: yeah we uh so to to just fill in that story. After we did our run left shoot yesterday with Matt and, and uh, Travis Thompson, he was uh Travis was instrumental in setting this up. So I have to give a shout out to Travis. He's a uh, elevation OM just the, he made the film of me and Goggins training, the one that millions of people have seen. In, in, you so know, it's sick, a, yeah. Who's going to carry the boats? You don't know yep. me, son, all that stuff. But anyway, so Travis put us together. Then you have a connection with Bill Dellinger. Tell us about Bill Dellinger and, and oh. just fill, fill in the history for people who might not know. Because you know, in Eugene, people would know the name. Of course. But a lot of people listen to this who haven't
1: grown up running and don't know the inner circles. So tell us about Bill. I mean, real quick, I mean, Bill Dillinger was, um, the assistant coach of Bill Bowerman and everyone knows who Bill Bowerman is obviously one of the founders of Nike. And so Bill Dillinger coached, um, pre which again, another household name that most people that might not be in the sport know of. And so Bill has been in Eugene all of his life. He grew up in Springfield. Um, and he was a second father to my dad. And so, um, and my dad's got like, This book that came out, and and you could see the details of, like, you know, losing um, his father, like, at a young age, he kind of, like, had that, wanted that void to be filled, and Bill kind of filled that void for him, you know, Um, and so... My dad, a Bronx guy coming out to the East, uh, coming out to the West Coast for the first time. Um, You know, Bill was uh, not your typical distance running coach. You know, Uh, he could be caught leg wrestling at a local bar, um, (laughs) getting arrested with Prefontaine um, the next week somewhere else around the state. But, um, you know, I've been coming out to Eugene ever since I was a kid. Um, There was pictures, as you saw in the house, of me at like 10 years old playing darts with Bill or, or, you know, Mm -hmm. jumping in his pool. And so Bill is, um, because of that relationship that my dad has with Bill, um, I've been able to develop this relationship when I came out here in college. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I would go up there and, you know, whether it's playing chess with him on Father's Day or just coming up there and getting away out of campus and coming up for a meal or just like a dip in his pool. But you know, there's so much I've learned, um, from like these old school guys, you know, I know there's track and field is now more new school, new generation, new, all this stuff, but you know, you can't forget about the old school and sometimes, especially with running, you know, you don't want to overthink things. And it's like, you know what, just go out and run, you know what I mean? Just go out and just don't make it any more scientific than it needs to be. And, um, Bill always kind of like just reminded me of those things. And yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, it was seeing the photos there, and just to, to give Bill some credit, too, on his running, wasn't he a three-time Olympian?
1: Dude, three-time Olympian, Olympic bronze medalist. Right, won a medal. And I mean, he was, um, I think he won that medal, so he won this medal for sure on the third Olympics in Tokyo mm-hmm. in 64, and he must've been, I think he was in his like young to mid thirties as well. So he had quite the career himself on and off the track. Should I say, um, one <laughs> of my, told me
0: some great stories,
1: one of, one of my favorite ones, um, that my dad, again, this is secondhand of course, cause I, I wasn't there, but one of my favorite Bill Dillinger stories was, um, from my dad and he, at the time, um, you know, just got out to college, got to the University of Oregon, tried to make a name for himself. Um, you know, he just got under the four-minute mile or, um, barrier, so, you know, he was trying And to- at that time, I think you said, at that
0: time, people really didn't leave their state. No. When they were going to go run in college or whatever. Going across the country was yep. unheard of, essentially, right?
1: Yeah, so it's funny. Um, like I said earlier, like the first time my dad ever stepped foot in— the state of Oregon was the day he came out to run for the university of Oregon. Mm -hmm. So he transferred from Manhattan college. And the reason why he put so much belief in the U of O and bill Dillinger specifically was, um, uh, months prior to him coming out, he was at the NCAA cross country championships and it was somewhere in the Midwest, somewhere cold in November, you know, I'm sure snow zero degree temperatures, and my dad didn't have his coach travel out with him so like that's red flag number one yeah you know he makes the national meet as a true freshman he's good isn't there coach is not there you know i mean 18 year old you kind of want your hand held you know Mm -hmm. you want some some last minute advice on a race plan and you know there's no pay phones nearby that you can go call him up like we have now with these cell phones so he's out there and he's out there early you know he's got no coach you know he's just warmed up he's sitting out in the freezing cold waiting for the for the gun to go getting all stoved up probably totally and teams are starting to trickle in now and he's like "All all right we're getting close to race time you know and so um as they're like all lining up you know he's in the box next to the university of oregon which he was aware of and they're not there and he's like what the hell are they uh, did they miss the 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 start time are we going to run this without them and 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 as he's thinking this of course he's freezing his ass off he's sitting there fucking trembling (laughs) and every team is there they're all waiting their gun's about to go probably in the next couple minutes and all of a sudden he looks over and coming in screeching around the corner probably on two wheels is this (laughs) 12 passenger van being uh, driven by bill dillinger and of course, like, you know, everyone's got their eyes on the University of Oregon, Prefontaine, Bill Dillinger, like, you know, this this race is not starting until those guys show up. Right. And he just looks over and the way he tells the stories, he's going, motherfucker. Because he <laughs> knew in that instance that those guys do everything the right way. Yeah. Everyone's already there stripped, like from their sweats, and they're just cold waiting for the gun to go. And Bill was timing that start time to the fucking T. And he got there. Out, the guys came, ripping the sweats off. They get on the line, and within a minute, a the, gun is, yeah. the gun is fucking shot. Yeah. Those guys went on to win a national championship. <laughs> and the whole time my dad was running, actually, it's, a, it's another good story, but he um, he wanted to prove that he belonged on that University of Oregon team. So he wanted to make sure, and five guys score in cross country. Right. So even though you race seven, top five score. So he wanted to be in that top five, and he was counting in his head to make sure that, like, I'm good enough to be on the scoring U of O top five of the U of O. So he had to be, yeah, at least one guy. He wasn't, he wasn't, you know, he didn't have a team there at Manhattan and and he didn't care about anyone else. Besides that, I wanted to be a top five guy at university of Oregon. If that meant a hundredth or if that meant fifth, I wanted to be that fifth guy. Mm -hmm. And I believe he was, he finished like 20, he was all American as a freshman and already he made his mind up right then and there that he was going to U of O next year. So he finished his year out. Um, back then and and still now, I believe you need a, um, a release from, from the coach and the coach didn't want my dad to transfer, you know, like obviously my dad was one of the top guys in the country, um, which is another side story about, (laughs) about his, uh, state, state, um, um, record. And, uh, so the coach didn't give him a release. And so my dad had to sit out a full year, which actually sort of was a blessing in disguise because that was the year he got to know Prefontaine Mm. pretty well before he passed. Um, but yeah, so my dad my dad gets out to, to U of O and the first time he ever saw a hippie was uh, as soon as he landed, he was like, "What the hell is this shit?" Yeah. you know a guy that was born and raised in the Bronx, went to school in, the, in Manhattan, um, which was actually up in the Bronx. Um, U of O was a complete culture shock right? you know and, and, and what so- year was that? That would have been seventy, so probably about seventy-five. He made okay. he made uh, the Olympic team as a college sophomore in seventy-six.
0: Oh yeah, so pre died in seventy-five, so it must have been like seventy-four. Th- there it was. Yeah,
1: so, well, yeah. So it seventy-four, he got out the yeah. fall of seventy-four, and then he had to sit out that year, mm-hmm. which makes sense because the next year he made the Olympic team and mm-hmm. was Bruce Jenner's roommate in Montreal. <laughs> that's, which... that's a whole nother. So, <laughs> so tell tell
0: that story about uh, when your dad was getting ready for a big meet and what Bill was saying
1: to him. Yeah. So so yeah, going back to Bill Dillinger, yeah. what he was like in another. Night- Shell was um you know now these days you know you're you're you got a big race you know you're you're seeking out your coach moments before asking for any type of advice in some kind of rah-rah you know pet talk right and uh so my dad like finds bill dillinger um coach dillinger on the on the infield and he goes over to him and you know again he just got out there um this is you know he wants to make a statement he wants to prove he belongs out there he's trying to get something going here and it's a big meet. And so he goes over to him and he's like, hey, Bill, I just go, I'm, I'm pretty nervous, man. Like, uh, you know, you got any advice for me? Like any, anything uh, you want me to do specifically out there? Like, you know, help me out here. <laughs> and Bill just kind of leans into him. He's not looking at him, kind of leans into his chest. And he goes, um, so look over on the east grandstand, row G, section two. And my dad's thinking like, okay. So he's like, you know, thinking this is part of the strategy he's about to give him. And he looks over and he goes, "Yeah, yeah, I see, uh, I see your girlfriend, uh, you know, uh, Meredith." And he goes, "Great, great." Now look over on the west grandstand, you know, section A, row three. So my dad like turns over on the other side on the on Hayward <laughs> Field and looks over and he goes yeah oh shit yeah there's there's your other girlfriend you know Pam, and he goes now look all the way at the far end corner over by the barman curve, and he looks over there, and there's his third girlfriend all at the same meet Uh-oh. and I'm telling you like the way he tells this story it was like the the other two girlfriends they that wasn't their day, <laughs> that was the wrong meet <laughs> they that they're supposed up, to be right. there. Bill is more concerned about getting in trouble with three of his girlfriends <laughs> being the same meet than my dad's first race as a U of O duck oh, man. and so um but that's that was Bill and in my dad's uh relationship in a nutshell you know they yeah. were just two peas in a pot. they were just having fun joking around um you know and just uh you know back then just um yeah Run, running running was something that they bonded over but they had so many other things that they that they you know would do together where it was like playing pool you know and Bill never did that with other athletes besides mm. pre- with my understanding and um you know he would take my dad um you know uh out late at late at night and they would be shooting pool and and gambling on certain games leg wrestling and it would get (laughs) to like three in the morning and my dad would think like Great, like you know, Bill's here, so I can't get in trouble tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, as they're walking out of the bar, Bill would turn to him, no matter how many beers he has in him, and says, "You better be at six a.m. practice tomorrow." <laughs> and of course, my dad would get there, and Bill's already waiting there. You know, so it didn't matter how late they stayed up, but you make sure your ass is there right, right on time. Oh, classic! And yeah. maybe,
0: I mean, who knows? Maybe Bill that was a tactic, talking about his girlfriend's at the meet. Maybe <laughs> it was a way to get your dad, you Take know, his mind
1: off the race. Right, relax, he yeah,
0: relax. Maybe laugh, think about something else. Hey, he
1: made the Olympic team his first year there, so whatever, whatever it was, it worked. Yeah,
0: I think you know Bill had a strategy somehow. There was, yeah. there was
1: something there for sure. And or maybe he was saying, "Hey, if you have three girlfriends, don't bring them all at the same <laughs> meet." Maybe that was it. <laughs> that was maybe a that was the lesson.
0: <laughs> don't overthink it. Oh, that's that's classic. Um, do you think that your dad? So you've been known to be, I don't know, maybe you said it cocky a little bit, yeah. or maybe was your dad like that too, or is that just
1: an East Coast thing? Do you think, or you is know, that just you? Um, both maybe or yeah. all the above. Um, I remember the first time. So when I won the NCAA championship, I did a, I did a slit throw across the, across my finished. neck as my finished. Mm-hmm. And I had that, you know, I, it was ready in my head. I I knew like, when I start thinking of post race celebrations, it like lets me know well, t- a couple things. One, it takes my mind off the race. Cause I'm thinking about the post, like, like before yeah. moments before the race, you know, like the the morning of, but also it's like, a different level of confidence mm-hmm. that like it's not like i'm gonna go out there like am i gonna win or not it's like when i win this right. is what i want to do yeah you know and so um you know some people call it arrogant and some people call it confident and i think there is a difference between the two Arrogant mm. sounds like too much confidence right you know for me, when I did that post-race celebration, I was actually kind of worried because there was rumors going around that I was going to get DQ'd because of it. And obviously, I don't I don't think they could do it, and I didn't. <laughs> but I remember thinking, because I, again, like, you know, I respected my dad so much, and he was such a big, he was there at the track, and he was such a big mentor to me, and, and someone I looked up to, that I was like, he's going to yell, or like, you know, he's going to be pissed. <laughs> yeah. And I remember talking to him, because a lot of people were like, what the fuck was that? You know, like, yeah. like friends of his, or like, just people in the stands. And my dad goes, and he told me this too, he goes, he said that to them, he goes, if he wins, as long as he's winning, I don't care what the hell he does. And I was like, that's it. I, I, I'm good with that. So when you,
0: when you were thinking of doing that and you said, I wonder if you're, you're going to get DQ'd or what, you didn't care? I mean, you were just like.
1: "I know. I didn't know I was going to get. I didn't think I was going to get DQ'd for yeah. that before the race. After I got it, I'm in the airport flying back to Eugene. And there was like talks on message boards on oh. my social media like he's going to get DQ'd because of violence yeah, violence or something like I that. Don't, yeah, who knows. I, <laughs> and I I just didn't think of like that being a thing. Now would be toxic masculinity. Don't get don't start with me. This is why I'm <laughs> segwaying out of the sport right now at this part. I would have been yeah, I would have been reduced. I would have never <laughs> had a contract. Canceled. I would have been all of that back then for sure. Yeah. Um but you know, I remember right after that race my dad came to Eugene cuz the US Championships was like two weeks after everything just kind of rolls like all these championships like kind of roll every two weeks and he came up to me after um or sorry before um the final but after the prelim and we're sitting in at a uh, vero cafe i lived right across the street there on high street in yeah. Eugene and he sat down and he goes um i remember thinking like dude i'm, I'm fucking nervous you know i'm racing the big boys now yeah. you know bernard legat you US know championships, um, the U.S. Yeah. championships
0: so top three make the olympics
1: top three make the worlds at that year oh, the world. Gotcha. next year was the olympics okay and he, um, and again, he always knew what to say or, you know, he was, he was always accurate with like everything that I could think of throughout my life, which was looking back now, it's like, you know, I, I guess only a father could like predict, you know, stuff like this. And he like, I remember he was sitting across from me from the table and he says, I just enjoy this race because this is the last time you'll ever be an underdog. Mm. And I was like, what the <laughs> are you talking about like you know I maybe mean? like i i just was like dude can we just talk about that again yeah. and, and so he was doing his bill and dillinger ass yeah. stuff you know at that table and sure enough so i, I he won w-
0: he knew you're gonna win and then you're gonna be the favorite and everything and else
1: after that race i so i won u.s championships which again puts a target on your back now you're u.s champion and the best in the country and i went on still in college to win a world medal and um at the world championships later that summer and after that after that race it was always just like you know Are you gonna medal again at the olympics are you like you know it it was never like are you gonna make a team it was always just like now the the bar is like meddling and like winning these global championships no longer like making the teams Mm -hmm. and so i would say like every every championship including to today um i've always just kind of had that like yeah target on my back and sense of like you know the expectation is so high the bar is so high do you like that of course that's what you work hard for yeah like I, i mean when people talk about pressure like It's a blessing, I guess, because I'm I'm sure a lot of people will look at it as um, the opposite, as as like a a curse of having a father that was, you know, as good as he was, um, because I constantly got compared to him. Mm -hmm. And I never like because I guess at a young age, I was able to like acknowledge and know that he was a different athlete than me. You know, yeah, we have the same name. You know, yeah, we run the same event, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, we both went to the University of Oregon, you know, all, I mean, all these obviously, like parallels and, and, and um, comparisons like, like, you can certainly get bogged into that. But for me, it was like, this is a different era. I'm a different runner than he was. Like my dad was 6'1", 175. Mm. I'm like a buck 30 soaking wet, you know? Yeah. Um, 5'10", 5'9". Um, you know, I was a different type of runner he was. But also it's like a different era. Like I'm racing different guys. I'm my own person. Right. And I was able to do that at the age of like 16 and 17 and not let that pressure like get to me, which it could have. And so when, when you talk about like, oh man, being at the top, like that comes with more pressure. And it's like, I worked my ass off like throughout my career to get to this point. Like I'm enjoying every second of it, enjoying it, not like just resting on the laurels, but like, like I'm accepting it and wanting that.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? And it pushes you in training probably because you're like, no, hey, this is part of the deal. I got to be the, I got to be the fucking best. But I think that preparation and that, you know, built in the fire mentality helped you in that Olympic final. It had to, you know, Mm -hmm. because you like, you've been dealing with pressure. A lot of, a lot of people I would guess. Course, I don't know, but would wilt under the pressure of the big stage like the Olympic final. Absolutely. You know what I yeah. mean? A lot of people are like, if I could get there, if I could somehow get a medal, you know, not thinking about gold, but just a medal at the Olympics, right. that's a fucking, that's huge. Right. So I think that all that preparation of your dad and, and Bill and all that built you to succeed in that final under that type of pressure. Totally. And know that, you know, this race is a tactical race. You're good. You're going to make it
1: happen. So a couple things there. Like first thing um, on that Olympic race, in that Olympic moment. So we were the first event of the of that track night. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, the the NBC or the, or the broadcast, live television was supposed to start, let's say at 8 p.m. So the race was going at 8 p.m. Well, what happened was that same night, the soccer, the Olympic soccer final went into overtime and Brazil was playing. Mm. So it was like massive. Right. So what happened was because they had extra minutes and and went into overtime our race got delayed and so we were ready to go at eight and we're in this like paddock area and i'll never forget like they just kept holding us and we don't know right i don't know we're not paying attention to soccer we don't know it's in overtime because you know we're fucking warmed up our own race (laughs) and so we're just sitting there and all we're getting is like guys like hold on hold on hold on And, and so we've been warmed up for you know whatever now like ready to go like 10 minutes now and what felt like an hour, an hour and a half, which was probably like, like I said, 10, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. You could see guys like right. looking around, like like in their head, yeah. They're just like, what do what, what we, like they're asking officials, like what are we waiting for? And I remember thinking to myself like, like why like whatever they tell us like what we're waiting for what that's not gonna change anything we're still going off like whenever Mm -hmm. like those like gates open for us to go out there and do one stride and get on the line like you got to be ready for so the the mental preparation is like i'm still thinking of the race where other people are now like they were like 10 15 minutes ago thinking about the race and now they're just like what the fuck? Like, I need to do another stride right now. Like, I'm getting cold. Yeah. But guess what? We're all getting cold. Right. And and that was, and I don't like, I don't bring this up for it, but I, a part of the reason why it was so tactical is they held us so long that we were not warmed up. So right. no one could get off the line and like want to run a fast pace Yeah. because we were just cooling off.
0: Yeah. And I never so- heard that. Yeah. I mean, so that's, you know, and I, I think in track specifically, it's so by the book, like the time, like at Hayward, they'll say, you know, the, the 200 final is at 228 right. or whatever. Yep. And then the, the long jump, whatever. But it's like, so and it is funny that you mentioned that because anytime that I train with Emma, she'll be like, okay, I'll meet I, I say, you're gonna say, let's meet at 9 22 for coffee. Right. Yeah. You know, because she's so like in that regiment. And so yeah. it just reminds me of what you're saying. You still, I'm sure she's still, she's mentally strong too. So that wouldn't affect her just like not like you. But I could see where some people, because it's so schedule oriented, track meets are, that you get out of that and it's like changes everything. Dude, but that's
1: life though. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's why again I'm, I'm biased, but like track and field prepares you like the, out of all sports like the best for the game of life, right? You know whatever you end up doing because like running never the running never goes to plan. You know we, we sit down, let's say the beginning of the season in October and plan out the next nine months leading mm-hmm. into the World Championships. I would put my life savings on that every athlete that planned that whole year out. That something went wrong or something had to change in there. Mm -hmm. There is no freaking way that like you're not going to have one day at least – of like a sore calf or like a little niggle that's gonna take you out and like detract you from like that weekly plan or that daily plan. Yeah. And so like you have to be able to adapt. Right. You have to be, and and like, not just like with your plan throughout the year, but like races, like shit, like there's been handfuls of races where I've warmed up and they're like, we're running behind schedule. Okay, all good, I'll go rewarm up. Yeah. But people are like, whoa, whoa, you know, last, like perfect example in 2021, Olympic trials, I don't know why I keep getting screwed but my event we were there we were supposed to be like the first event of the the 2021 it was so hot it was like 110 degrees they Whatever, pushed it out they pushed it out they knew it was going to be 110 all week yeah. and so we get there we're about to warm up and they're like you know what we're going to do this later tonight I'm caffeinated yeah I'm like what the hell am I supposed to do go take a nap now I was supposed <laughs> right. to go race the biggest race of the year yeah. you know in one hour and now I gotta okay okay so you bring it back down mm-hmm. and it's funny because um you know you saw guys in that Olympic trials race like that affected them differently yeah. than others did you won that the that was a semi or what was that? Got second by .0. Oh, no, it was the final. I got I got second by .0 oh something to oh, Cole Hawker. yeah, University of Oregon <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, runner. Yeah,
0: which was the one where you came across. You were talking to him.
1: Was that that in was the a sem- That was a semi. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that was yeah. A lot of shit talking uh, leading up to that with with his uh, his crew and me. So, do you guys ever talk shit during the race?
0: Um, I mean, I know you're talking at the yeah. end of it, but yeah. During, do you ever say anything? Well, that
1: that was during the race. You know, yeah, that was on the home stretch. Right, yeah, right, yeah. I so didn't that know. Was, if you,
0: yeah, so what do like you, you mean th- like a little
1: bit earlier than that? Yeah. The most shit talking I like to do is like moments before, like on the line. No. So like before they even put you on the line, mm. we're, we're sitting and putting on our spikes like underneath the great underneath the stands and underneath the stadium. And I love like and when I say shit talking, it's not like, oh, I'm going to whip your ass. It's like little small things. Um, like one time I remember um, I, was at, I was in a different event and uh, I knew we were going to go out really fast. So I asked one of the competitors, like, what's your what's your PR for like this other event? And he's like you know, let's say he says like 150 and I'm like, well, get ready to PR today. Cause we're going to go through faster than that. <laughs> and we have to still do another one. Yeah. And so like, you know, it's like little things like that or yeah. like, um, so they're oh, like, oh shit, he's going to go out hot. Yeah. 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 Or, or like, oh, he's feeling good or like, yeah, you know what I mean? But right. I don't, you don't have to say like, I'm feeling good, but you right. say little things. You just said PR. Yeah. yeah. Or like another one was, um, another one, um, after a race actually. And we still had the next, we had another race the next day cause it was the prelims. I remember I saw one athlete and they were doing strides to flush the legs out and I didn't do them. And uh, he comes over and he's like icing next to me and I was like, what were we doing? And he was like, oh, I was just doing strides. to do this after every race. And he was, a, he was one of my top competitors. And I was like, man, you're doing so many, you're tiring me out. And he's like, no, no, I do these all the time. It's like, it's normal. And I go... He goes, it flushes my legs out. I go, well, that last lap flushed my legs out. And you could tell, he's like, I'm fucking out of this cold tub. He's like, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. Like, it was like, you could tell, yeah. like, it was like, he was, he started questioning, Just like, planting that seed. should I have done that many? Like, seed should I down. stop doing this? Right. He's like,
0: what the fuck? So What's that's the that shit I like to do. That's what, we do that too when we used to go and shoot 3D uh, tournaments with uh, our bows. Yeah. So you learned how to shoot a bow yesterday. And you know how? You know, you'd come and you do the same thing. You got to anchor the same way. The string mm-hmm. on, on your nose, corner of your mouth, do all the same thing. So all you have to do is say something like, man, you always anchor like that. And then there's like, what the, What am I doing? I then, yeah. then once you start thinking about it, then all sorts of shit comes yep. up. So it's the same type of thing. You don't have to say, you know, you're a shitty shot. I'm right. a better shot. The little things. That's worse. Yeah, it's worse. It is because it gets that brain think, and then they're like, then it can go a million different directions. Exactly. But so, what were you saying at the end of that fifteen hundred to do you remember?
1: Like I was telling you earlier, there's so much shit that comes out of my mouth. Like yeah. I, I I think I think I said to him, um, and it wasn't that much shit talking, I just said, because uh, we were up and away from yeah. the field and we had qualified. Yeah. I said, yeah. Oh, we're good. We're like we're like, you know, right. we can ease up. Yeah. You know, but just being like, you know, just yeah. even talking though. You're like you could tell he was thrown off a little bit.
0: Yeah, they're not they're not talking at the end no, of the race. They're not, yeah. Yeah. So.
1: But I mean, we him and I were like the class of the field for sure. Mm-hmm. Um that year. So I think you know, I knew he was going to be my—I knew he was going to be difficult to beat. Um, mm. And I wasn't really trying to get in his head. I actually genuinely was just like, dude, we can—no yeah. need to kill ourselves here. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, let's let's save this for the final. That's but a tough it, one. And added a lot of people like, what the fuck did you say? So I, I wanted to make it a good story. So every person I said or I ran into, I, I had a different story for. <laughs> I uh, love—I mean, you were running and just like looking and kind of smiling at the him. The slow-mo, you could see my mouth just yeah. go like— I, it, like you could spin it like there was there an f-bomb in there was, I, know. Was it you know, I love it because
0: yeah. track doesn't have that usually yeah. you know what yeah. i mean it's like we, I,
1: we kept talking all the way through. we jogged off the track we're still running mm-hmm. and, and ran down the tunnel and we're still talking to each other i have a lot of respect for cole yeah. he's um especially being a ufo guy it's it's um you know he had an unbelievable year that year so there was definitely no disrespect and uh i think it was just good banter
0: so i mean so that means you're good if if you don't win no.
1: <laughs> did I say that? No. Whoa, whoa, I, whoa! I'm that. just
0: kidding. Yeah. No, you still want to win. You can still respect somebody, but you're going to beat them.
1: I mean, that's what you're there to do. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm yeah. not there to make friends. No. You I, know? So
0: how, how does it feel to be the guy now, like the old lion pretty much? Dude, you, you know. know these, these young fuckers trying to knock you off.
1: It's hypocritical. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When I won my the, – the championship I told you when I was in college, I was nope. 21. And I beat Bernard Lecate, who was in his 30s. And everyone was like, holy shit, Bernard Legat's still taking it to these college guys at this age.
0: They're giving him credit. They're
1: giving him credit. So, And as he should. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, he's, he's, he's older and blah, blah, blah. I'm 30-something, and, and the same thing happened with Cole Hawker. He, he beat me by, you know, and I beat Bernard Legat like this. And everyone's like, you lost to a college kid. <laughs> Not I, giving I can't you credit. fucking win, dude. <laughs> like, when, when I won as a 21-year-old, it wasn't like, damn, he won when he was young. But when I, when I like, you know, I'm in my thirties and I'm like finishing second to a college kid, they're like, you must feel real good about yourself. Or like, (laughs) you know, wow, you can't be a college kid. And it's like, dude, you can't win. Like I I found like, you know what, the guys that are in my corner are always going to be my corner, no matter Mm -hmm. if I finish first or if I beat a college kid or if I do whatever. And the the haters are always going to be the same there. Like no matter what you do, Do no matter what you say.
0: Do you think that maybe... uh, People are giving you credit, but you're focusing on the shit talkers to get that chip on your shoulder. Okay, you want me to be really – a
1: thousand – okay.
0: Because that's like what a, I do. It, I it, skip over all the shit. Oh, you're doing great. You're awesome, awesome. It's like This one was like, oh, what,
1: what the fuck is this guy saying? I hate to admit it because I don't want to give them any credit, but yeah. yes, you're, you're 100% right. You can get – what was this? I think it was Travis actually here. There was a race I finished or there's something I did. It had been a race and, um, and, it, and it went well. And I knew all the people close to me who didn't message me. Yeah. All right. And I know the and I know the negative stuff. Them. I kept track. Yeah. So uh, uh, you're right. I mean, it's like the Michael Jordan um, last dance thing. He was building these narratives in his head. Mm-hmm. And that was probably, uh, you know, however many parts series it was, maybe six or, or eight, ten episodes. The one thing that really stuck out to me and I could relate to, like as much of, of a competitive athlete, I should say, is that like, you know, I mean, I, I've been I've longevity. I've been in the sport now for half my life. Right. Right. And you get to a point where you're finding, you're, you're finding different ways to motivate yourself and to get your ass off the door and and keep with the same fiery, right. It's hard day in and day out, year in, year out. And it's funny because, you know um, what you say, like, or, or at least with the Michael Jordan thing was like, this is my favorite part of it. You know, he's telling the story from, from his perspective and he's like, I go to this restaurant, you know, a night before the game and I'm sitting there and the coach walks by me and he doesn't say hi. George Carl, I
0: think. Yeah. George Carl. Was was that one? Yeah. I
1: don't remember who, I don't remember which coach it was, but he goes, the coach walks by me and doesn't say hi. And and I'm friends with the coach. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh, okay. Like, (laughs) you're going to say that? You're going to do that to me now? Yeah. Now Now it's on. So the next day he's like, I dropped 30 on them. I dropped 40 on them. (laughs) Right. Well then guess what? They interview the coach and he goes, I didn't even go to that (laughs) restaurant the night before. And, and so he like yeah. made that story up in right. his head and like, probably like Michael Jordan, probably passed a lie detector test of being like, did yeah, he do he that? Believed it. He believed it. Yeah. And, and he needed that, you mm-hmm. know, and the next, the next night it was, uh, it was a different athlete or a different player or a different coach that pissed him off.
0: Yeah. You know yeah. that
1: I took it personally, you yeah. know, that quote. I love that. I love, I, I love that too, because it's so real. Rid- cause like, yeah, like I try to find the things you know you can't do this or someone said this like Mm -hmm. you know you you try to find those things I probably build it up a little bit more but you're right you're (laughs) like do you think that you know but
0: those those kids too, those college guys I think they have actually talked shit haven't they
1: oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh yeah
0: do you remember anything they've said
1: that stuff will be with me to the day I die of course (laughs) um like I said, I don't remember the nice stuff things people say. Right? Yeah, you know, uh, they were trying to make track and field popular, mm-hmm. and they thought like a I rivalry. A ri- yeah, there's yeah. no rivalry like, when good guy, t- bad guy. I'm always a bad guy. Yeah, and, and like that's why I'm wearing black right now. All black. Like I'm. All, I'll, I'll take that role. You don't
0: do so, a funeral.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That's Johnny Cash. Yeah, there's yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'll take whatever role you know, and and um, but back, you like the bad guy role, don't you? Love it. Okay. I'd rather yeah. be the bad guy than the right. good guy, but, you know, I am a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be loved too. Now, yeah. um, you know, you, you remember the, um, the, uh, the, well, it was a big three, but basically the rivalry with Sebco and um, Steve Ovette back in yeah. the day. You, mm-hmm. you heard of it? Yeah. So Sebco, who's like our IAAF president and, you know, just this like great reputation. He was a, you know, politician, but polished, like in the interviews, nice guy. And then you have Steve Ovette who actually ran with his son for like a year here at U of O and he was the bad guy. And, and the funny thing is, I just watched this like documentary not too long ago. He was like, "There's nothing that guy could have said or done to like change that narrative." Right. And so it's like one of those things that like all it takes is like one interview or one thing that you say and you become that like the villain for you know the rest of your career. But you know every movie needs a villain yeah every like you know every story needs a villain and yeah. so like if I fit that story and I got to be that guy I'll be that guy uh, you
0: know it's it's awesome because you I mean I think you're built for it I think that east coast mentality and being kind of brash and then the cut in the throat was <laughs> well, the then- beginning
1: of of many more to
0: come but yeah oh, I, lo- I love it I mean I love that you accept that role because it does make it more interesting i know i was when those kids were saying like hey what's this going on with with cintro and you know cole hawker and i think was there another cole or uh cooper cooper Cooper. yeah yeah yeah
1: well look at look at um right now look at lakers and and timberwolves yeah or not sorry my god uh, Uh, the memphis grizzlies yeah i mean you have um um he went to oregon um dylan brooks you have dylan brooks who like maybe maybe two percent of people out there like him in 98 (laughs) but it actually adds viewers. Everyone's going to tune in and watch. Yeah, I
0: couldn't like, wait for that game after he said, hey, you want that? Re- want my respect? Drop 40 on Drop me. Drop 40 on me.
1: He's yeah. old. Yeah, he's you know? old. Like, oh, but like that's, I mean, you don't have him talking shit like that or you don't have a, a character or a team or, uh, you know, an athlete like that you know, like, I mean, I'm going to go watch another game, Yeah, you know, like Katie versus uh, Russ, you know, that's yeah. a good, like, you know, you, they're arguing each other like you want that. That's what you need in like rivalries in sports. And that's what like attracts viewers. Yeah, You know, that's what's getting viewership. I mean, if we all like each other, we're all holding hands and, you know, we're all yeah. slapping high fives. It's like boring. Yeah. Like no, no <laughs> one's going to tune on that. No. But like Noah Lyles at Worlds last year, yeah. him and him and the Nighting guy, they were like going at it. Like they were talking shit in the middle the race. That was awesome. I was tuning I in. I wanted to see that
0: fight for sure.
1: Everyone did. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, like, make, yeah. Makes it good. I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here, but like, again, you need that.
0: Yeah. Well, so how are, how are you feeling? I mean you're 33 that is you i think you said that normally you're at your best in what you're event and maybe mid mid 20s yeah but how are you feeling physically i mean you you still think that you're gonna be the best in the world i mean it seems like If I had to guess yesterday after you're running your two-minute mile and talking, like we're, like I said, sitting on a park bench, I'd say you still got it. But how are you feeling physically?
1: Yeah, you know, um, so I had uh, ACL surgery like last year, Mm -hmm. and so that wiped me out for the whole year. But it's been a long, tedious process back. But the fire is there. To be honest with you, like I think my goal right now is like making the Olympic team, fourth Mm -hmm. Olympic team, going to Paris next year. Um, and that can ride off in the sunset. (laughs) Um, I found like, once you make these global championships, Mm -hmm. it's like anyone's game. Mm -hmm. And so like my goal right right now is just making sure. And I I love not just to make the team, but win the U S trials next year, um, and then, you know, take it one round at a time if I, at the Olympics. And then, you know, once, once you get into the final, do something weird, you know, you never know what's going to happen. So, um, but for me, yeah, I think like making that Olympic team is going to be kind of like my, my big goal, um, over the next, um, 12 plus months. So.
0: And I mean, if I had to look at, so just say in the last few days, you came and you ran a meet here in Eugene on Friday, mm. right? Then you ran, uh, I think you said 17 miles, a six minute pace on Saturday, don't, right? Shh, don't tell all my secrets Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, yeah no I'm kidding. The, I'm kidding. Then we ran yesterday, which is yep. like a day off, but it's still. Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. <laughs> that was like some hill repeats, like for, I don't know, a month an hour and a half or so, did, did you know, you, did you feel it on your legs? Felt my arms more. Oh, you're. I, I felt my arms more. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest with you. The yeah. run was nice. It was a yeah. massage the legs a little bit over the hills, but that, that upper body workout here, I'm, I'm going to be feeling that for a week. Oh, that was awesome. Gotta shake that, these arms out a little that, bit.
0: That was so fun. But you showed me some of your, your yeah, moves too. Like it's a lot the, different. the leg stuff and the core stuff. And it's like balance. Yeah, and mobility. I was saying, I need to do that. I was telling Tanner, I need to do, I never do any of that. Oh yeah. my like, God, I should be doing that shit.
1: You know, you're doing something right. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I won't, I won't fine tune. I won't critique too much of what you're doing here. <laughs> but, um, you know, you, like we we're talking about this yesterday. I could totally see like your mindset and your perspective, like of the weight room of like, I train legs with the runs I do. Right. I don't, you know, I don't need to like go hit legs again. They're going to trash me more for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're training for two different type of things, you know, yeah. uh, mine's more speed oriented. So like, I have to like, you know, hit some of these like Olympic lifts. Yeah, but um, I mean, if yeah, when, when I'm done running, I'm gonna be right there with you, getting <laughs> getting those arms a little bit, you know.
0: Oh, definitely. No, you did you did great. That was so fun. You got you got veins in your shoulders, dude. Dude, Freaking that's all for shredded. show. That's all shredded. for show. Um, how did that on Friday? Would you run a four? You ran the mile. You're doing the relay, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. So it went. You know, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, Runner Space, shout out to them. They uh, they really wanted to put something fun together for the former Ducks, um, the alumni, and so they brought in um, about four or five guys that ran for U of O over the years, and we were all on the team different times actually, and so we just kind of went for this four by mile record. You know, it was kind of a long shot. Like a lot of us were either like, you know, coming it's from early in the season it is, too. It is. I mean, One of the guys came back from Australia within a week. Yeah. Um, I had a hamstring thing that kind of flared up the week before. And so we we're just like, you know what, let's just get out there, have a nice like hard effort, let's enjoy the weekend. And that's mm-hmm. what we did. We yeah. had a poker night on Saturday night. So it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. no pressure. But um but, but still we ran
0: like a four oh would four oh
1: four, I think. Yeah. Which is, you know, um, just trying to think, that'd be like you missing the target. I mean, like yeah, like, really? That's that's slow. Maybe at like a hundred yards away. Maybe at a hundred yards it seems,
0: away. It seems really fast. To Would me. you say
1: one sixty was your or one twenty was your farthest shot? Actually, I've hit the balloon at three hundred nine. Okay, so never mind. It'd be like missing the balloon at like 200, 250,
0: So two hundred. Yeah, I mean, because still four hundred four is fast as fuck. But obviously, it's not your best. Is right three forty nine. Three forty nine.
1: Yeah. And that's a lot of seconds. I mean, even even like, so I'll run 349, and the world record's 343, six mm-hmm. seconds. And everyone's like, you're so close, you got it. I'm like, six seconds is like 50 meters, man. I was like, I don't. 343, who is that? El, El- oh, Grush in the picture, yeah, yeah, king yeah. of the mile. King of the mile.
0: Oh my God, yeah. that's so fast. Told me to take the earrings out. I know. The what king. a great story. Yeah, so, so king of the mile. I... I took the kids over to meet him one time. Actually, he was here for the Prefontaine and it was Marion Jones and him and whatever it's like this, this time. But he had some advice for you because he, he, he saw you running, right? When you were young, how old he, he, was he?
1: He came out here when I was a freshman. So I was like barely 18 years old and we're doing a, a workout actually out on Amazon and we're coming around. And obviously his English, or I shouldn't say obviously, but his English isn't good. And so we had a girl on our team, same class as me, actually, and she's from Belgium, so she speaks French fluently. So they were like talking to each other. She was um his translator. And after the workout, um, she comes up to me and she's like, Hey, like El Garouge had a lot, a lot of like positive things to say about you. And I'm like, Don't fuck with me. <laughs> I was like, You're just kidding me. And she was like, No, no, he was um, he kept like you know, nudging me and being like, "Who's that guy? Who's that guy?" and and kept pointing at me and said, "He's got really good smooth form and he could be really good." But and I just got my ears pierced like the first couple weeks of school. Both ears, both ears, two big diamonds. You know, yeah. like the like the typical um, I don't know fuck boy look. <laughs> and um, I I like I'm like yeah, and she's like, and he says, uh, but real athletes don't wear earrings, and you know, at, athletes meaning athletics. But, I mean, Cristiano Ronaldo, he's a real athlete. He wears earrings, yeah. you know, and, and don't yeah. get me started on all the girls that wear earrings. But um, I i didn't think twice. I took them out later that night immediately. Left them out for years. Really? I mean, that was 2000. So that would have been like 2008, 2009. So 2016, you know, fast forward to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, so whatever, seven years. Um, is my math right? Yeah. Seven years, eight years later. Yeah. I'm a... Uh, I'm actually going down right before they held us like I was telling you for like 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. We're in the last call room and he's like he's big time like he still ha- is part of like IW, our, our governing body of track and field. So he's down there. Like he wasn't by, competing. He though. wasn't competing yeah. now. He's like, you know, i do know, working for some Federation or, or like that left. And he looks over and sees me and recognizes me. I could tell. And he just starts rubbing his ear. He rubs his ear, and I just rub mine back because I don't have him in there. Right. And he just he just gives me a thumbs up. And I was just like, you got that the was sick. Seal of approval. I was a seal. And then I end up winning. And he just, you know, he was going over to me. And I was like, yeah, man, it's the earrings out. You know, yeah. I was just elated. But yeah, he, um, that was, that was like a really cool thing. And now I got them back in because, you know, I don't, I don't need to be a real athlete anymore. So. Yeah. You proved yourself. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And you told me a story too, about after you won that gold, what you, you and your dad, I think NBC caught yeah. caught a moment. What were you guys saying?
1: Yeah. So that day though, let me like, like leading up to so that day was like, besides of course, winning the Olympics, that mm-hmm. day was like all three of my heroes, like had reached out or I ran into at some point. So like Jim Ryan, who, you know, actually made an Olympic team with Bill yeah. Dillinger he sent me an email um, leading up to that race. Was he I, the
0: first to break four minutes?
1: No, Roger Banister was. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. Okay. who apparently is a third cousin of mine. Oh, really? Like my mom's maiden name was Banister. Don't again. Don't get me started. <laughs> I, I don't know if we believe that. Like, I, yeah, it just seems too just much. Go with like, it. Yeah, my dad runs and he's ready. That and now we have apparently Roger Banister ties. Like, all right, yeah. that's too much. So, um, so Jim Ryan, who like is just an absolute legend in the sport, had the world record in the in the fifteen hundred at one point in the high school record. He like sent me an email, reached out, like you know, um, you know. He said, "Him and his wife are praying for me. Good luck. All the best." Sent sent a Bible verse, and I was like, "Holy shit!" This is Jim Ryan. Yeah. So I was like reading that email on the way to the track, getting fired up, and then I run into El Grush with the ears. Yeah. And then the third and final like legendary miler was Sepco, right. and he, as he's the I-Dible president, he's walking around and he comes over to me, and he just goes, "Welcome to the club." And I was like, "Man, I got the trifecta that day." Yeah. It was like for me as like a was miler, destiny. it was. And but, so I'm finishing the race, yeah. and I'm going around, and um, you know I'm just I'm, I got the American flag draped over me, and I'm just fucking just you know slapping high fives, taking pictures. I'm still like wondering if that was real, and I finally like see my dad. He must have came down from the stands, and he's just yelling at me, and I'm going. Are you fucking kidding me? And I look back, and he goes, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> and we must have done this exchange for like what felt like an hour, yeah. but like for at least like maybe like ten or fifteen seconds. And then I look back at the NBC replay, and all you see is just our mouths. And it doesn't take anyone that needs to like be a good li- like lip sync like reader; they could just see those f bombs flying. That's and, awesome. Uh, and yeah, that was um, that was a that was a great moment. Um, we were both just in disbelief, man. It was like it, my, my my dad again. My dad will never pass up on a celebration, you know, yeah. especially a celebratory drink. Right <laughs> that night, I've never heard these words that come out of his mouth. We finish. I'm like, dude, we're 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 going to this place. We're gonna like, you know, we're gonna get some champagne. Like, like he goes, he's like, uh, he's like, I'm going back. I'm going back to my Airbnb. And we're like, you're not gonna come out like and celebrate with us. And he's like, he's like, I don't want to drink right now because that's gonna kill this buzz. I have a good buzz going, and I yeah. want to feel like how I'm feeling. And I want to remember it. Right. And so he just went back to there. I saw him in the morning for like we were on the Today Show or something. Yeah. But he was at the first time I never I never heard those words out of his mouth. Wasn't celebrating. Wasn't partying. I never heard him pass on a drink. Yeah. And and, and he (laughs) he was just like I I, like it looked like he was in shock, you know. Yeah. And he just wanted that feeling like, you know, people drink to forget. Right. Like they don't want to remember. And and I was just drinking to celebrate. But he like he didn't want any type of like I mean, even to this day, he laughs at people doing beer miles. He goes. Why would you want to ruin two good buzzes? You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean. A yeah. good run yeah. and and and, and, a, right. and a good buzz from drinking. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. combining two. But like he had obviously a, he was on a high. You know, from yeah. like that Olympic race that he was like, I don't want anything or I don't want to be around anyone. I just want to like bask in this. Oh, you know. And have you?
0: Do you guys ever watch that race like over the years?
1: I don't know if he does. And I'll be completely honest with you. Like, I actually don't watch it as much as you would think. I mm. think I've seen that race less than 10 times in really? my life easily. Yeah. And a lot of those times are like if I'm doing an appearance mm-hmm. or I'm speaking somewhere them. and they'll show up before. And um, I don't know why it is that I don't watch it as much. I think I probably would watch it more when I'm done running. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that it's just like. Like I don't want to live there Yeah. like right now. You're on to the next. I yeah. mean, like you said, there's always something
0: around the corner that you yeah. got to get ready for.
1: I don't really watch back a lot of like my my races um, unless I can learn something from it, mm-hmm. you know. But other than that, it's like it just feels like you're living too much in the glory days, right? Yeah. And, and I'm okay with that like when I'm, you know, older. But right now it just like, I don't know, it just seems like um, there's like this like meme where it's like a guy's like, you know, reaching out to his picture. And, you know, it's yeah. like, like it, it's just like it just feels like I'm just like trying to rehash or relive something, you know. And it's just yeah. like. You know, I'm, I'm still trying to create like, you know, new goals and new memories right. and, and great memories. And, um, you know, obviously it might not look like winning Olympic gold and being at the top of the pinnacle, but it could be winning Olympic gold in, a, in another arena, you know, yeah. however that may look.
0: Yeah. And you got, you know, your fourth Olympics to make. Damn right. Yeah. I got
1: Olympic trials, uh, you know, beat up these, uh, these young kids talking shit. Wait, no <laughs> one's talking shit. Right. That's, that's right. It's in my head.
0: Oh, it's all. No. We'll we'll make him talk shit. Please do. Yeah,
1: yeah. Can you? Yeah, maybe maybe you need to talk. shit. Just, maybe you would make it a fake account and just start like chiming on me. I could do that. I might need that
0: come <laughs> next year. Um, you did have another good story about uh, the 1908, yeah. like, the last win in the
1: Chicago the Cubs too. So um, he actually he ran for my dad. Um, I, I won't mention his name in case you know he doesn't want to know that he's a he's a gambling degenerate. Um, <laughs> but there's a, there's a guy a friend of mine in in uh, in a former runner. Um, and so, you know, track and field, you can't gamble on like NBA and NHL and all that stuff like every night, but the Olympics and world championships are like the, the, you know, few opportunities you can, and they just don't know how to like cap these, these races because what they do is like, they'll just like put whoever has the fastest times of the year, Mm -hmm. like a descending order list. And they'll go off of that. Right. But what here in the US, we don't run as fast as the Kenyans and the Ethiopians and even some of the Europeans, because we might stay just here in the US, and we don't have the opportunities. And we're working on tactics and, right. and championship racing. So a lot of Americans, it, it, Emma Coburn is probably one of them as well. Um, they will just have shitty odds. Mm-hmm. Like there's like, you know, like long shot odds. Like, yeah. So I think I was like 2000 to one. To like win I the was, gold. To win. Yeah. No, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. it would have been 20 to one, 20 to, 20 to one, one. Okay. 21 to, one to um, win the Olympic gold. And, um, so I had a lot of friends and family, of course, just for fun, you know, sprinkle some, some money to make it interesting. Or they like knew I was in really good shape. Mm -hmm. And I even had people like ask me and I was like, I don't know about to win. Um, I was like, for sure. Like, I think I am, but like, I was like, to medal, because you can bet on that, that's a lock. <laughs> so Did so you
0: really believe you're going to medal? I mean, no easy, doubt.
1: Wor- worst case scenario, I'm not kidding when I say this. Worst case scenario, I get second. Really? I, I thought that after the semifinal, I, like, you know these things. Yeah, you just I had felt done good. unbelievable workouts leading up to this. Mm. Like, I mean, I even said this after one of my workouts. I looked at my coach and I said, if I don't win the Olympics this year, I'll never win the Olympics or I'll mm. never win anything. felt that good. I felt that good. I was that confident. Yeah. I was doing some sick shit, nice. like on the track, mind boggling stuff. And so I um, like I didn't even believe these workouts. So I I, I told people like safe bets to medal, but like you know if you're feeling spicy, if you're feeling dangerous. So this this friend of ours, this guy that like ran for my dad, um, he put like a nice size bet. I think he probably put like a grand or something like that on on me winning um, the Olympics. Like certainly like eight hundred thousand dollars. Anyways, he won about like ten or twenty grand on, on this thing. And, um, and I ran, I ran into him, um, later that fall. And the funny thing is we're at, she this party that was open bar
0: mm-hmm. and
1: he's like, I, I, I gotta buy you a drink. I'm like, it's open bar. <laughs> and he was like, well, another time. Yeah. And he's like, let me tell you why. So he's telling me this story and he goes, I put, you know, this amount of money on you winning. I'm like, damn, that's like nice. Good hit. You know, like yeah. congrats, you know, eight, yeah. eight 10, 20,000. Right. He goes, doesn't stop there. He goes, you won the first Olympic title for an American in the 15 since 1908. I knew the Cubs hadn't won a World Series game, uh, World Series since 1908, and mm-hmm. I thought it was an omen. And I, I don't think he was a Cubs fan, he might have been, but he just knew that. Right, that so connection. He, and this is, mind you, this was, I won the Olympics in, in August. So the playoffs having started with, right. with Cubs, so it was a long shot. He parlayed that whole amount of money on the Cubs to win the World Series that scored him like six figures. Oh my God. and and as everyone know, like any football, any baseball fan out there knows yeah. in 2016, the Cubs were also the first um you know to do something in hundred and eight years. yeah, and so like incredible. Dude, if I ever see like some type of like sign like that again, yeah, I'm shipping You're it. jumping on it. I'm shipping it. <laughs>
0: That's incredible. I mean, good for him.
1: Good for him. I'm like, I still haven't seen that drink. (laughs) You know, I haven't seen that drink since.
0: Nice parlay. What a parlay is right. Um, Yeah. Uh, Then I was also thinking, so you said Dillinger has a lot of stories. Tons. What's 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 another good story that stands out from him?
1: Oh, man. You know, it's one of the biggest... like, uh, crimes out there is, is Bill having a stroke that he did I 2000 know. because I mean, you saw his house, yeah just the amount of people and, and, um, pictures that he has, like he's been, I mean, he's 89 years old. He's been mm-hmm. around. He's, um, last night he wanted to keep taking us to different rooms. dude
0: I mean, pointing
1: one yeah. to show everything. Dude, that's what he does. It's, it's a, it's a game of charades with him. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, you got to like, all right, who, who's your favorite runner? You know, we finally cracked that code, but it yeah. took like a few minutes, but, um, he just has so many like, and and again, it was a different era, right? Mm-hmm. Like wh- th- where he grew up and, yeah. and the stuff he was able to do. Um, but another another funny story, another crazy story of Bill. Let me think. Um, I have I have so many of of uh, of my dad and him. I'm just like blanking on him because it's like one of those like things. It's like just too many. But um, your dad had that good one
0: where he ran into Bruce Jenner. I like that. You one. like that one? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: He, uh, yeah. So he was. Um, he was in the, like I said earlier, he was in the 1976, uh, Montreal games and he was roommates with him mm-hmm. and they get on a, they're, they're both flying to, um, get honored for the 2008 trials They're I think they're honoring that Olympic team. Um, and so my dad goes out there for it. And I remember actually sitting on the couch cause I was like hurt and I didn't want to go out to the trials and be around it. And so yeah. he's, he's flying out there and he must've been on his like connecting on the last leg going into Eugene and he was like walking onto the plane. And he looks over and he sees Bruce sitting, you know, first class. And um at the time, you know, um my dad, like I said earlier, was like was a bigger guy, like Mm -hmm. as a bigger runner. You know, he weighed 170 or 180 as a as a distance runner. And so um, you know, as you would guess, after stop running those hundred mile weeks, he gained some weight. Yeah he can work out twice a day he's still gonna be 220 you know and and uh so my dad you know obviously gained quite a bit of weight lost lost you know lost his hair yeah you know back then in the 70s he had the whole flow thing going big mustache had all that stuff going yeah Yeah. and so he um so yeah bald you know fat um (laughs) you know and he's walking onto this plane he looks over and he's like bruce and you know at this time, you know this is 2008, you know, so um before Bruce was Caitlin. Yeah. Um and uh but nonetheless, you know had, you know some work done. And he goes, "Bruce" and, and Bruce looks over at my dad and he's kind of like, you know, kind of you could tell was like not quite sure who this is. Like help me out here. And my dad's like, "It's Matt. It's me, Matt Centrowitz. And Bruce's like, "Oh, Matt. Holy shit, could I hardly recognize you." <laughs> and my dad just shakes his head in this belief like, you know, I, I'm just Asian. He was fucking recognize me I could barely recognize you With you know <laughs> plastic, yeah, plastic surgery, surgery yeah. everything I mean his whole face was done and, and my dad was like so offended you know yeah. he was just like man I gained like yeah 20 pounds but shit man look at you now he really
0: wouldn't recognize him would oh he? man with those tits
1: yeah <laughs> I don't think you'd recognize him one bit man he's like that's not the that's not the room I didn't see those uh in Montreal man I didn't see oh, those yeah Ro- um,
0: roommates with Bruce back then but there is a documentary out and Bruce was a freaking savage
1: yeah I mean in, Incredible I actually seen it, but man, I yeah. mean, when you like I said, when you win, like ashley is one of my like close friends with, mm-hmm. with Travis, and I went to school together. When you're like the decathlon world champion or Olympic champion, you're declared the greatest athlete like yeah. of you know that time. Like that's just like you know back in the day, that's how they marked you know, who's the greatest athlete? Well, they looked at like who can do all these events. Yeah. And the deck was like that standard, right? That's how you measured it.
0: Handsome, big, strong, greatest athlete of all time. Just like who you'd want to be. Yeah. And it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Don't think
1: you saw that coming. (laughs) Did not see that. coming.
0: No. Um, what was, uh, oh, you had another good story about your dad. You didn't know. So tell the story. You didn't know your dad was a two-time Olympian for Yeah.
1: Oh, that was one of them I was going to say earlier. Yeah. Yeah, When I was coming to the sport, Um, you know, whether it was reverse psychology or or whatnot, you know, I knew my dad was a coach. Mm -hmm. Like growing up, I was hundred percent going to be a soccer player mm-hmm. my screen name was the next pele 39 and when i i didn't say i said that right duh d-a because yeah. nice. v was taken already okay the next pele 39 i don't know who had that screen name out there and if they're listening like fuck you dude like i had to do duh. duh and so i had Da next pele 39 and um were you good yeah, right. I was no, yeah. no, uh, no. I so I thought, yeah. and and no, I was good for like a travel, you know, Maryland soccer, you yeah. know, traveling team. Um, but I thought I was a lot better than I really was. And again, that's you know, there against it myself. And I get to high school, and I don't make varsity, and and that was a huge blow as a freshman. And only one freshman did. Mm. But I at least knew that if I was going to be playing for Barcelona or Real Madrid, I had to be on varsity no matter yeah, what, right, right away. So that was like a huge shock. And, and blow to my ego. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, and, and again, like, you know, with soccer, you do a shit ton of running, right? Like it's, it's a, what we call in running fart lick. Yeah. And, and it's where like you're stopping you're and going yeah. and stopping and going. And so I knew I had those tools. Like I knew I was fast. I knew I could run long distance and, and I, and I do it. I did enjoy it. But like, obviously soccer is a lot more fun at a young age. And so my dad was just like, you know, he would take me to track practice, like his track practice and he'd be coaching Olympians Mm -hmm. and, and like, you know, some of the, some of the world's best athletes. And I'd bring my soccer ball and I just, you know, wouldn't even bother watching the track practice. I'm juggling and I'm hitting against the ball. And, uh, you know, as, as high school got closer, I was like, yeah, I think I'm gonna go out for soccer. I don't think I'm gonna do cross country. My dad goes smart, smart. He's like, (laughs) and I'm like, why? You know, I'm thinking like, you know, here's a track coach. Why wouldn't he want to like me to do running? And he was just like, no, 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 stick with soccer. He's like, it's way easier. Like track is just way too tough. And I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? Like track is a non-contact sport. Like soccer, we're slide tackling, man. Like, do you even get it? And so he, um, he kept this narrative. Like he was just like, and truly like even talking to him this day, he loved that I started with soccer cause it didn't burn me out, mm-hmm. but he like was okay with me playing for as long as I wanted to, like while still doing track. And so after I got cut, when I didn't cut, after I didn't make varsity, right. I was like, I'm going for track. Like, you know what? Like if here's my ticket to go to a D one score, get a scholarship. And so I got like immediate success, um, I won cross country the first season I ran it, uh, state title. Mm-hmm. And as a, um, as a freshman as, sophomore. As a sophomore. Yeah. And I was like, this is like, yeah, I love winning more than being mediocre at a sport that I might like more. Right. And I mean, that was like that quote I told you on a run. One of, like, in my opinion, it's one of the most like misleading quotes, or I, I just don't buy into it, where someone says, find something you love and you'll never have to work another day again, or, you know, find something you love and you'll be great, right? Mm-hmm. Or something like that. And it's like, no, no, no. You find it's the other way around. You find something you're great at that you're really good at mm-hmm. and then you'll love it. Right. And and I started winnings fun. There you go. At a young age, it <laughs> feels addicting. good. Yeah. It feels great. Yeah. You know, I can't I can't tell anyone who just like loves having a participation trophy. Right. I mean, my name's getting written up in the newspaper. Colleges are um, sending mail to me. I mean, yeah. was that funner than not making varsity? <laughs> dude, dude, it was yeah. not fun. Yeah. Um, girls did not come out to JV games. Right. They didn't watch JV games. Let me tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> so I um um so yeah, so my my dad was like telling me like, you know, all these things like just stick with soccer, you know, running's too tough. So again, I knew my dad had um running relationship in in the sport somehow in some capacity. So the first newspaper article I got written up on, the first line, son of two time Olympian and former American record holder Matt Centrowitz. And I go, the hell? I was like dude, they, they got this wrong. Like, I, like, you know, they got the wrong guy, you know? And, and I, and I, I might've probably, you know, he's probably out coaching. I probably showed my mom and she's like, yeah, like your dad's done that. Or like, you know, done, and, and none and of you his, didn't know that. none of his accolades, none of his like memorabilia were up. Like we had a wall unit of things and none of that was in there. Mm-hmm. And my mom likes to share this story where growing up, even before, like I was even playing sports, I was like super, super young at the time, like just born or something. Um, they used to have this UPS guy that would like My mom was pregnant with, like, my my younger sister, and this UPS guy was, like, super nice guy, and he, like, visited often because my dad, um, being a track guy, always had shoes, running shoes being sent to the house. So we had this UPS guy come in weekly. And anytime like, you know, if my if my main door was open and the glass door, was, he would see my mom like doing something. He'd come in and, and bring the package in. Right. So he would do this like for a while and he'd come in and sometimes like, my dad would be there. or He'd finish a run and the guy would be like, no, 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 you, you're stretching wrong or you should stretch more or like, you know, those giving shoes him there. giving him tips. And my mom would like watch my dad and my dad would just take it. And he'd be like, oh yeah, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Never once said anything more than just like, you know, take it or like, yeah. that's great. Awesome, thank you. And this went on for fricking, according to my mom, months, right? Yeah. Like and they, it was like a first name basis. Like Matt, like you're doing that wrong, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so one day um, my mom was cleaning out the storage unit and had some of my dad's stuff up. So when 1980 Olympics got boycotted, um they were all given like basically artificial gold medals mm. so my dad's got this olympic gold medal that's you know yeah. i'll tell him it's fake you know <laughs> it's not the real thing here um so he's got this artificial gold medal and it's like a re- it's a really cool thing right like they honored yeah. all the athletes that like obviously didn't participate and and um you know doing something for for the greater good so it was out and this guy comes in and he's delivering the package and he looks over at the table And my mom's in the kitchen. She like looks over because she like stopped hearing him talk or something Mm -hmm. and sees him literally look down like, and you can tell like he was like shocked, like his jaw dropped. She said he put the package down, didn't say anything to her, walked out and never delivered another package to that house again. No way. I think he was so embarrassed. Yeah. He'd been given this Olympic runner. For all I know, he could have got another job another time with the timing of it, but never came back to the house.
0: Hey, we're making our own narratives.
1: I, but I'm telling a story. I can only tell a story that my mom tells. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? I, hey, listen. I was two years old, three years old. Saying, "Listen, motherfucker, I don't know he's Olympian either." You know? So yeah, you didn't find out until so so the newspaper article came out. It listed his accolades, his accomplishments, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What the hell?" Mm-hmm. Right? And, and I had no idea that my dad was like that big of a of a figure in the sport yeah and so he end up um you know i think what works so well not just for our relationship but for my development he like had a really good like he took a step back and let me like just work with my high school coach and then he took a little bit more of an, a role each year mm. and i remember my senior year like my dad is like if you think i'm loud and obnoxious and brash my dad's <laughs> like i mean he was born in bronx and i <laughs> i'm just a suburban maryland kid right and uh you know he would show. That- he would show up to practice sometimes by my senior year when he knew that, all right, he needs to you, do a little more work. You're like good. I'm ready for it. Like yeah. I'm ready for this. And he knew I was doing like, okay, bullshit workouts. No offense to right. my high school coaches. Just, I need to do more elite stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'd show up to the workout and be like, what'd you do? And I'd be like, I did, you know, five by 300. He's like, that's not enough. Put your flats back on. So I put <laughs> my flats back on and he goes, um, you know, he'd give me another workout. Like basically another workout on top of a workout right. that made it an elite workout. Yeah. All altogether. And and my dad is this like I said I already told you he's this big you know personality big personality but he's like whiter than me he's bald mm. and and like unless you actually looked at small little like characteristics and like mannerisms of ours like you wouldn't you know you just don't think he's my father right yeah and so he gets out there and he's fucking barking at me arms like I my my arms are always low and uh, arms arms all the way through the line faster hurry up you know quick like pick up the jog everything I'm just getting every single second I'm getting barked at yeah and. Every high school kid on my team is just like, what the fuck is going on here? And this goes on for like the next like 10 minutes. And as soon as I finish the workout, doesn't stick around. He goes, I'll see you at home and then walks away. And everyone comes over to me and they're like, who the fuck was that? (laughs) And sometimes if I was in a mood, I'd be like, I have no idea. (laughs) I go, I have no idea. But over time, they like figured out that it was my dad. And um, he just had this presence about himself that in this confidence Mm -hmm. that like, I didn't think twice, man. If he knew, if he said I was ready for something, I was ready for something. And, um, and then, and then the last story I'd say is, um, so I, I, do this race and it's funny because it was the regional leading up to the state and, mm-hmm. and the state was like a big thing for me. senior year? My senior year. Yeah. I really wanted to break the state record and we had a goal number in mind. We had a four Oh four time that I wanted to hit. And it was my dad that gave it is to this me. Just for the mile? For the mile. For okay. this, technically the 1600 for being right. you know, politically correct here. Yeah, yeah. Which for people at home, that's nine meters less than a mile. A mile is 1,609 meters. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So like, um, so we just did four four exact laps. Mm-hmm. And so um, 404 was like the goal all season. And um, my last test before the state meet, I was going to do this mile to qualify for the state meet, it's the regionals. And my dad had a specific pace he wanted me to run. He wanted me to go out in 60 seconds, which is four flats, so a little faster than 404, mm-hmm. but then slow down to, like, um, he wanted me to run 65s, which is, like, you know, 420 pace mm-hmm. for the next two laps and then come back in a 60. Mm. So he had this, like, to the T. And I'm fucking 16 years old, man. Like, I barely <laughs> know, you know, like, I know how to do it, but, like, give me a break, right? Yeah, yeah. So I go out there and I run, and, and just for people, that would equate to a 410, mm-hmm. 60, 65, 65, 60. Mm-hmm. I go out there and I run 414. I go 61, 65, 66, and then like 61 or something yeah. like that. I'm talking each lap I missed it by a second. Right. I call him up and I know he's going to be disappointed. And I go, he goes, right away, would you run? And I go, 414, where are your splits? 61. What the fuck? I told you. He goes, no, no, sorry, sorry. Let me back up. He goes, <laughs> He goes. you want, so once he hears the splits, he goes, you want, you want coach or you want dad? I want coach. Like, I don't want coach, but I know I got to yeah, say coach. Yeah. Gotta hear what it. the fuck were you doing? That's not sixty. When I say sixty, you go out in sixty. That's sixty-one, blah, blah And he's dissecting this whole race. I'm like, I literally, I don't have it on speaker. I have the phone away from my <laughs> ear as if it's on speaker. And again, yeah. by this point, my whole team is like, yeah, yeah we know it's his dad. You know, yeah. we know he. And I won the race, by the way, by a whole straightaway. Really? It doesn't matter though. Yeah, I was supposed no. to do it. I, you know, I didn't run the right pace. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, man. I knew this was coming, right? And I'm just like – I knew it was like I, not going to be good when I when I hit the splits, but I didn't know it was going to be this bad. He's yelling at me. He's barking at me. He's like, that's not how you're supposed to be doing. You're not supposed to run that. And again, like I said, I'm 16. Like, I, <laughs> Professional runners sometimes can't get that pace right. down like that. Yeah, yeah. But he demanded that much, and he, and he expected that much. He finishes his bark, and he goes – as dad, love you. Can't wait to see you when you get home and, and, and brought his tone down <laughs> right. like that. And so once I got home, it was like, good. Out was school? Like we moved on. You know what I mean? So yeah. like we had this great balance. Like, yeah, he yelled the shit out of me. You know mm. what I mean? Like, and he demanded and wanted that much. And like I was thinking at, as a 16 year old, already as a college runner. Yeah. So the time I got to U of O, I was way ahead mentally than those guys. Mm-hmm. And the time I got to be as a professional, I was already thinking that way for years. Oh, that's and, such and an advantage. Big time. I mean, in, He exposed me to like those athletes that he coached, not just his college guys that I hung out with on the Mm -hmm. weekends. He'd drive me into practice and I'd hang out with these college guys in the dorms and it was so much fun and I couldn't wait to get to college and like, but these guys were running like, like what would be in high school, like unbelievable times. But I had that college mindset. Like I yeah. wanted
0: to break four in high school. So you know it's fun, I mean? but you're also picking, picking or just that mindset up from them probably, right? 100%. He, yeah. he
1: like dropped me off and let me hang with these guys. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hanging as a 16 and 17 year old with 22 year olds and 20 year old guys. And they're like talking track as of like top collegiate guys. Mm-hmm. And then he had his, and then you mix in the pro runners of his. I was way ahead of like the high school guys I was racing against. Were they trying to help you? They, they oh for sure they yeah. were trying to help me because if I ran better that meant he, my dad would be nicer to them. Oh, I see. If my dad showed up to a practice like yelling at them, they knew I fucked up somewhere. <laughs> no, seriously, even to this day, they're like we really? knew like Matthew like had done something. But you know what's funny though, going back to that high school race, the next week I went to the state meet. And I had a state record. You could look it up 404.0. Nailed it. And I call my dad up after the race. So he a lot of times he couldn't come to my race because he had his own track yeah. um, meets with his college guys. I call him up after the race. I'm fucking pumped to call him up because of course, yeah. like I nailed yeah, it you right. Won. And I was pumped. But not just one, yeah, right? yeah. Oh yeah, okay. I don't know. It was Maryland, so it was like it was easier to win states. But yeah. like I, I broke the state record and I like I ran exactly what we wanted or like what mm-hmm. I wanted to run. And I call him up and I remember before he celebrated, I go, I go, hey. I won. I I ran four oh four. I ran four oh four. Like I was. He goes. Yeah. He goes before he goes. What were the tents? I go point zero. <laughs> he goes great. Like he was like it was He's like. Still but everyone yeah. knows four oh four nine is different than four oh four flat. Yes, for you know sure. what I mean. And, yeah. and I mean that's a big second. And um and I mean like my splits were right on. And again mm. like that was. I mean some people will be like man your dad was a hard ass and like that like I'm I'm sorry for you but like I love that I got that kick in the ass yeah and and, and like it's almost like the tiger thing Mm -hmm. you know you ever watch that documentary the two-part thing yeah you know you look at his childhood and and like there are definitely times that you're like man i feel bad for tiger Mm -hmm. like you know i I had a childhood i'm not saying that i didn't but like tiger it seems like you know maybe he didn't have a childhood Mm -hmm. you know he was like demanding this much from his father and and you know like the way he was um, being pushed and this and that but there's no tiger woods without his dad doing that and for me it's like There's no Olympic gold if I didn't have like all of those things throughout the years Mm -hmm. and had that bar set like that. And so I'm not sitting here being like, man, I wish I had a nicer childhood and he was easier on me and, and, you know, this and that had more TLC and then still wanted this. Like, I know that doesn't come without that. Right. You know what I mean? You get it.
0: At that time, when you were a kid, were you like, what the fuck?
1: I don't know. Maybe I was just so immune to it. Yeah. I, I, I was scared. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I was dreading those calls sometimes. Like I'm not mm. going to sit here and be like, "Oh, here we go." Like I was like, "Fuck!" Like I, you Your know, I was disappointed. Was oh yeah, man. Yeah, yeah damn right. Yeah. I mean, he had. Oh man, I could go on stories. I mean, luckily he's not college coach. He's not coaching college anymore. But he could have. He would got fired years ago yeah. in this type of climate. You know, he had that. He had this presence about himself that he could walk into a room, the best character that i've ever seen on tv that i can relate my dad to tony soprano really tony soprano there's so many scenes where tony will say something sorry 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 he won't say anything he you know you messed up and he will just look at a guy and he's got heavy breathing he'll go and and that you don't need to say anything and my dad would bite his lip yeah. And he would like – you could tell he was about to erupt. Yeah. And, and when you're like a little bit calmer before it, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> and, and and sorry, the last story I'll go on about my dad of like just like the presence and like the type of guy he was. I was in high school, but I was a sophomore at this time. And he was pulling me out of school early to go do this, um, to go do this uh, workout with another top high schooler in the state. Um, and, uh, he, he was like, it, it was post, um, it was post state. So like, we're getting ready for a national cross country meet. And it was like, I was like pretty pumped about it. Cause it was like my first national, yeah. um, cross country meet as a, as a, um, high schooler. And it was report card day. And I was always one of those guys that like mostly A's, a few B's and always sprinkle that one or two C in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that was just me. Yeah. That the type of student I was and um, he's taking me out of school early and luckily report card day was also one of those like you know bullshit days where like you weren't and doing half much. Day yeah, half something. day. Yeah. So he's taking me up, he's taking me out and, and he, my dad always had used cars, old used cars like he had a Mazda protege <laughs> and this thing had like 300,000 miles on it <laughs> and he picks me up and he knew it was report card day. Like of course I told him like you know he knew it was coming up. And he, get, I get in the car and I'm just like, you know, of course I got my head down a little bit and I'm, I'm a little scared and, and he's driving out of the, we're not out of the parking lot, but we're starting to drive out of the parking lot. And he goes, how's the report card? Like, would you, would you get like, and I go, um, I was like, you know, about to answer and he goes, any C's like before I could answer And I go, I go, no, no C's. And oh. he goes. He goes, great, 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 awesome, great job, son. You know, we're driving out, still in the parking lot. You got a D? And I go, but I got one D. And I say that, and Uh he laughs, like thinking I'm fucking with him. Uh Uh-oh. And he looks over at me, and he can tell I'm not joking. He puts that shit in park real quick, slams on the brakes, we're still in the parking lot, takes his fist, smashes his dashboard. That clock that he had... Busted out And I mean it, Like I, I told you It was an old car Yeah It f- spit out To the back seat And I snapped my head Like if that was me I was dead And he goes Are you shitting me And the car is Rocking of him Just like yeah. You know Moving his arms We drive back to the house He doesn't say anything We drive fast Back to the house It's the fall It's it's uh, cross country season It's November yeah. He goes It's it leaves her on the ground, leaves her in the in the yard, and he goes rake all these leaves, and he got the trash bags, he's got the bins, and put them in the bins, and break them up, and put them in the bags, and he goes inside, he's collecting himself. I'm fucking raking, I'm you know this and that, I'm putting them in the bags, and I'm I'm you know I got most of the yard complete. He comes out and he looks at the yard. And he takes the bag and rips it open, spreads it over, takes the takes the um, the, the bin. And oh. he's dumping the bin either probably on me and on the thing. And he goes, <laughs> do it again. He goes, you better get used to this shit because this is what you're going to be doing for a living. And I'm – at this point, we live in a nice residential area. People are like <laughs> – like moms and, and and parents are looking out their bay windows, yeah. closing the windows. And they're like, ah, Matt's at it again. <laughs> no, they, it was like that. But they were like concerned. Yeah, And he's like – I'm going to fulfill my obligation. I'm And he drove over to the track practice to go yeah. time. The other kid I was supposed to work out with. Right. He's like, I'm doing my end of the deal. You didn't keep up your end of the deal with your, my, with my poor card. And I mean, he wasn't wrong. Like, you right. know, um, and so he didn't let me run nationals that year. I, I didn't, I didn't race. And really, and you know, what's really funny is um, my mom was always the academic one. My mom was always like, I don't care about this running thing. You yeah. make sure you have good grades. And mm-hmm. my dad, you know, being a track coach was just yeah. like, you know, I see whatever. What, what was your splits? You know, yeah, right? right. And that time, I think like we, we talk about this obviously to this day and we look back and of course we're fucking joking and laughing about it. My mom was <laughs> like, I wanted you to run. She was like, I was pissed at you to run. I was like, you know, thinking like, you know, scholarships and opportunities that you right. could get had. And my dad was just so adamant about that. And so that was a good lesson. Yeah. Sent a message to you. Didn't oh my he? God, dude. Yeah. I wish I could say I never got to see you to this day, but I don't, I never got to you. <laughs> That's <laughs> last, D.
0: last D. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, dads, it's like, you know, you want to push your kids, especially you being an elite, but I mean any like a normal dad, like me, I still, I can get that mindset because I do remember, I remember I came home from work one time and Truett, he was running cross country, but he was at home and I'm like, so why, why are you home? And he's like, uh, I'm, I was feeling sick. I said, so you didn't go to practice? He's like, no, I was feeling sick. I'm like, okay, get your shoes. We're going to Pisgah. So I took <laughs> him over to Pisgah. It was raining. Uh, we did 10 miles. So it's probably not, but he never missed another practice. after He was that. never sick again. He's like, <laughs> Fuck, this is worse Dude, than practice. hundred so like, percent. He's like, sent the message like, Hey, yeah, you're not missing a day. And, uh, so I do get that part. I mean, uh, you were like a, a special case too because of your talent but mm-hmm. dads they want to push their, especially sons Sons, I'm the only son I mean life is kid. competitive so if you can't fucking step up when you're young you're sure as shit not going to step up when you're old Yeah, you got to learn that mindset so I mean I, I do respect that yeah. of your dad um, you had another one too I think where didn't a, a college or was it a recruit called and, and he asked him what yes the, yes yeah, yeah. I got to hear also, that one
1: I, when I told you he had the state record I was like that I'll come back to that story yeah so, um, I might've just blown the story right there, but no, so my dad, um, you know, we were talking, you and I yesterday, just about like transparency. And I was like, you're going to get, you know, what you get with my dad right from the get go, you, you always get mm-hmm. like, he doesn't try to disguise and be anyone that he's not. And, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, maybe a college coach is recruiting you and they put on a different persona, yeah. you know, and like being a little get more likable, gets you, get you in. And then all of a sudden you show up and you're like, what the hell, like, what'd I get myself into? Yeah, My dad From the day he calls you to like the day you graduate, same guy, you know, and um, and a story on that is I'm sitting in his office and like, you know, like every weekend or, you know, going into going into D.C., he coached at American University Hmm. and um, and being a New York guy, he loved recruiting kids from the Northeast. He just you know one he could relate to them. Mm-hmm. Um, two he just he just found to northeast kids were a little bit tougher than Had than some of the southern kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and but then uh, probably even more so they related to him. You know what I mean? Like my dad, uh, obviously a very peculiar guy, like a specific type mm-hmm. of guy that like you know a southern boy or southern belle might not like soft. be able to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you said it, not me. Yeah. Soft in De- the sun all the or time, or a Cali kid. Yeah. Uh, that's probably the softest stuff. Soft. But anyways. Um, <laughs> so he's calling this kid and it was a really good kid like he was probably would have been one of the best guys that my dad would have gotten so he calls this kid up like he does every week and you know doing the doing the rotation doing the calls and he gets on the phone with this kid And i forgot the kid's name is but let's just say it's kevin kevin how's it going man like uh you know um how's the season going how you doing blah 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 he's like yeah man great great yeah training's going really well um you know i'm i'm uh, definitely in really really good shape and i think i'm gonna give a crack at the new york state record but i goes that's fantastic kevin that's awesome um what, what what is that record uh by chance you know and he's like you know i think it's like 404 i think maybe like 403 and before he could even finish that three my dad goes no you know what it is? It's four oh two point seven. And you know how I know? Cause it's my state record. And he hangs up, doesn't wait for anything. And I'm sitting there going, like, I'm blinking my eyes like, dude, you had this kid on the ropes, man. Like you had him. Yeah. And he was like, he'll call back. You know And and but like that's the type of guy he was. Yeah. And it was so funny because and I truly believe this. Um to this day, no one has broken that state record. And my really? dad had that back in the sixties. Wow. Um or early seventies, sorry. Yeah. Um and uh and for me, I'll I'll be honest with you. I had I have a state record in Maryland, I don't want anyone to break it. Um <laughs> I had I've had I've had other records that have been broken, like my Oregon one. I was pissed. You know, yeah, like, yeah. like he truly wants his record to be broken. Yeah. He's like, it's I've had it long enough. It's time for a kid. And it's kind of crazy because High school kids are on another level right now. Yeah, and New York is a massive state of like great talent. Right, and they've had so many kids over the years that went on to do unbelievable things, and yet my still dad's record, that record still haven't broken it. Which is like, I mean, I, I selfishly I love seeing his his uh, his record still there, which reminds me kind of another story here. Yeah, um, but he really wants that. He like he really wants to see like another kid break yeah. it and take it down. He's like, it's time.
0: It's amazing though. I mean, to to have that time is must be special
1: if it's oh, for good sure. for this long for sure 50 but, years but speaking of um speaking of names and records yeah so i come out to i come out to the university of oregon and um i mean to be honest the records never really like mattered to me um i medals and winning was more important to me and yeah. i always felt like the the times would come so um i ended up i am breaking the university of oregon 1500 meter school record hmm. and that's a big one who had it uh um so, I mean, all these greats have had it over the years, right. like Prefontaine, um, um, like I can go on all the lists. So the guy, another. so the guy on the list is the guy I took it from, but Joaquin Cruz. So Joaquin Cruz is an Olympic champion. Um, his school record in the 800 is like literally within a second of the world record. Like yeah. no one's touching that. Right. Um, up in the tower at U of O, like we have, a, he has a floor, I have a floor, like he's just like... I mean, I would probably name my son Joaquin, not just directly after him, but like, it's just, this guy is a legend. Right. So he's got the school record, which I didn't even know what it was probably at the time and I break it. So he had the school record and I didn't realize who he broke it from, but he calls my dad up and he goes, Matt. And my dad's like, yeah, who is this? And my dad never saved the number. He goes, it's Joaquin. It's Joaquin Cruz. My dad goes, oh shit. Great hearing from you, uh, Joaquin. Like, yo, what's going on? He goes... I got to tell you, man, like when when I broke your school record, I never thought Matt Senchowitz would break that school record again. <laughs> and he goes, I never thought another Matt Senchowitz would break that school record again. And my dad loves that he named me Matthew as well right. because – whether it's me or him, yeah. you know, it's like his school record again. It's on when the I brought, when I broke that Matt Central school record. I never thought Matt Central would come back again, <laughs> and so um, and so it was it was a Joaquin Cruz sandwich, and um, it was uh, I mean it's just an honor. Like I mean that guy again is like one of the the few athletes that I yeah. for sure look up to, and you know has an unbelievable stride and just oh man, um, is that the difference? Do you think like in
0: in running is that. Do you guys look at spry, stride length? Because to me, like if you look at somebody running, they look like they're running comfortable, slow mile, but then you look at the time and you're like, holy shit, is that that stride length and you're just eating up more ground and to do it more comfortably? Do you look at that that distance ever? I don't know if people do that.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny because a lot of the Africans are pretty short. Like mm-hmm. they could be like 5'5", five, five, yeah. you know, and but they have long legs. Right. Like they're all legs. Short, short
0: body, long legs. Short, yeah. Yeah.
1: For sprinting, though, you want shorter legs. That's why, like, Usain Bolt was such, like, anomaly, right. which was, Six, like, kind of weird. yeah. yeah. And he—massive dude. And so, like, he was defying all odds. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, you know, I can find in any event in track and field, like, a great athlete that either was really tall and had a long stride and someone who's probably shorter with, like, a shorter stride. So I'm I'm sure there's been done a lot of research of like what's more ideal and Mm -hmm. what would help. But like, I'll tell you one thing. It doesn't matter if it's a long stride or short. They're all so efficient. They look so, their upper body's not even moving. You know what I mean? Like they're not swaying.
0: In your final, you know, we watched it last night again. I showed the girls, but your (laughs) head.
1: You're like a a thousand of those million views. Yeah, Yeah. probably. But you're you're
0: like, uh, I mean, your head's not even moving. You know what I mean? You look so smooth. Your head barely moves, and it's just like, and you're flying. That was coming down the backstretch. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just looks. You say efficient, smooth, whatever. Smooth is fast. People say, but yeah, I mean, to your I, point.
1: I really wish, and and um, I hope they do this one day, where every Olympic event, um, specifically track and field, but honestly any event, swimming, gymnastics, you take. I don't want to say a couch potato, but like you take an average athlete and you throw them in one of these races so you can actually see like how fast and how good some of these athletes are. Because I'll look back, uh, you know, one of the 10 times I've seen that race. And it's funny to me because like, it's the world's best there mm-hmm. we're all sort of efficient you know maybe i'm a little more efficient or maybe a little bit less than certain athletes but we're all pretty efficient and you just don't you can't tell about that turnover until like the right camera angle yeah. will show like you know but most of the camera angles it's like you don't even see the pickup right and, and like i compare it to like um i've been to i've been lucky enough to have been courtside to some basketball games these nba games mm-hmm. And you watch it on TV. They they don't look tall, right? You know they don't, They're not moving that fast. And you're there and in, in person. And they get up to you, and you're like, holy shit. Like, Steph Curry looks small. Guy's two. Yeah. I yeah. mean, 6'2". I'd kill to be 6'2". <laughs> I mean, he looks short as hell.
0: Yeah, he does. He looks tiny out I there. mean,
1: uh, you know, a guy like our size out there is, like, come up to their kneecaps. Yeah. But yeah. They, they, they move so quick for their size. Right, right. And, and, so and per- like...
0: perspective is kind of lost.
1: I, I think, like, it kind of, like, shows, in my opinion, I'm just being selfish here. Like, mm-hmm. I wish, like... You know you have like an average joe in every event every yeah. olympic event yeah and you're like hey this guy's good like this guy runs a sub bit, five minute mile right but watch him get his doors blown up I yeah that. you know
0: it would because it's that. like
1: you know you watch that and i was just thinking about that when you're saying like you know we're watching the race and you're so efficient and it's like Looks so dude, smooth. a lot of these guys are though but yeah yeah i mean it's I, true. I uh i mean it's it's definitely a huge um compliment when when people like you know say that in in a race like that you yeah. know because obviously you know the best of the best are there
0: yeah your your dad would be happy you're moving your arms good too it's almost <laughs> so you're in
1: the last part of arms arms, arms.
0: <laughs> fucking amen oh um so we'll, we'll have to get a, a good sound bite here have you ever noticed any like there's some track girls that are are pretty kind of pretty <laughs> i've been told no it's uh isn't that crazy like so i watch some of these these girls on tv and you're like i'm trying to think of who it is but it's like some of these girls they look like supermodels and they're but they're running these incredible times it's like what you got to have it all yeah yeah I mean,
1: you got to have the looks and and everything I, i've seen rappers in like um specifically rappers but i've seen like nba players and stuff and they'll say like the most attractive females are track and field athletes yeah like they, they'll say they like, got the best bodies you know, um, know. there's that
0: one girl at uh, like I think she went to Harvard, mm-hmm. runs a two hundred maybe, mm-hmm. Gabby
1: Thomas. Yep. Is that her name?
0: Yep. But you're just like, and looks like a supermodel?
1: Yeah. You're like, no. The, the fuck's this they're out about? there. They're out there. Um, you know, I don't know how many times over the years, um, sp- sp- especially in college, where we'll get on these debates on these runs on like, all right, guys, your top five hottest events that girls are in. And Fuck Mary Kill. uh let's see um like, pole vaulters are always in the top five. Yeah. Like, the, the pole vaulters, like, have, like, some of the yeah. best bodies for sure. They're kind of tall. 800 is a pretty good event in, like, yeah. the four. Like, it's, like, right on the bubble, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't go too low in sprinting and you don't go to the marathon. A marath. little
0: muscular, yeah. too, too low.
1: Yeah. But, no, track and field, man. They got, like, some of the most attractive women on the planet for sure. I mean, like, you know, the girls back in the day used to date all the the famous guys, like, the Flo Joe. And right. um, I, I'm blanking on some names, but, like, a lot of top sprinters, like, they're always, like, you know— um like dating a football player or, or like, yeah. you know, and so, uh, but yeah, track girls, great reputation, great reputation. <laughs> great uniforms too. Not many track girl groupies, um, yeah. unfortunately, just Travis waiting for me at the end of the at the, end of the, the, uh, the so races.
0: You, you don't have groupies waiting for Centro?
1: I, maybe I did back in the day, no you know? No panties or bras thrown at you? I got you? the blinders on now. Yeah. Back then oh, for right. sure. Oh, back then You're, for sure. Now I got to throw them right back at him. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm a taken man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Get some clothes hey, on.
1: Come on. <laughs> This is this is a public place. Show some respect. This is this is kid friendly. You wear these? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. um, well, now I got my bow. I can flip. I can. I can oh, nice. I nice. can uh, shoot him right
0: back. Yeah. So, so tell me what what was your thoughts on the lift run shoot day? Just in in a
1: nutshell. Okay. First and foremost, like so much fun. Yeah. So was, much fun. We had a great time. I mean, you know, I, I, I like to think that you know that I'm a very honest and open and transparent person yeah. by now. When I came into this, I didn't know what to expect. I was like, dude, I've never shot a bow before. Because mm-hmm. um, when we connected in um, Eugene last year, you are like, you know, you're talking to me about it. And you're like, wait, you've never shot one before. For some reason, you're like, I thought you have. I'm like, you're confusing me with Aisha and Emma. Right, and right. I was like, no, dude, I have no experience. And you're like, fuck, man, we got to get you out of here. So I'm thinking like, shit. Like, I have no experience. Like, obviously, I know it looks easier than it really is. But I just didn't know what to expect. Like, I, one, and I also didn't know how fun it would be, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like the type of like like release you get, you know, right. from 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 shooting. And um, so, so that was first and foremost. But the way we went about our day it was great because we could start off in my realm yeah you know with a run right make you know make me feel comfortable <laughs> make me feel good yeah uh, before me. you t- tore me down yeah Get that side exactly yeah. L- let me start off with the first punch yeah and then um and then we went in uh, and, and got fitted and dude wayne shout out to wayne just unbelievable guy herd bull dude he is phenomenal yeah. um he he was a great Teacher, um, mm-hmm. even though in the videos will show you showing me, yeah, I take the tips. all the, the shine. You will take yeah. the credit, but um, yeah, no, shout out to Wayne for for opening up his shop and, and um, his home
0: because then we went out and to the his farm. Home, of yeah. course,
1: and um and shout out to his son who's a great steeplechaser, I know. Um, by yeah, the way, yeah, at, at Portland runner. State back in the day. So, um, but no, so he he, you know, he was such a great instructor that like I, I don't think I'm not taking any credit. I don't think that anything was on me. It was just like I was able to get it down pretty quick. You did um, great. And so then, you know, after the indoor shooting, we had to take it to the real range mm-hmm. and, and went out there and, and I popped a couple of balloons on the first two awesome. tries. It was awesome. Um, anyone, anyone listening, you're gonna have to check out the videos on that because that's <laughs> going to be uh, some sick footage that we got. Oh, I know. Looking forward to getting out there. But it was good, man. It was, um, it was great. Like, I feel really comfortable even just after one day of shooting with the bow and being yeah. in Park City right now, like. Oh. Stay away. Yeah, <laughs> those deer better. Yeah, be looking over their shoulder. Dude. Where's Central it, Dude, I got the perfect property, too. I, was t- I mean, you got to come out. Yeah, right? I'd it's, love to. Come be a- out,
0: run, maybe kill a few deer. We'll do
1: one of the, the run, shoot out there. <laughs> run, love shoot. Yeah, and I'll have my podcast up by then. Oh, so I have my studio.
0: I'm telling you, you're, you're built for this. Yeah, we'll see. And people listening in will know, like the stories, uh, you're just so good at telling stories. Um, I, I did want to touch real quick on, um, is there a track fans is there podcasts that they can listen to to get the insight on track or is it like because i I want attention on on you guys and what you do and yeah
1: and it's like is there any good ones out there right now so th- there there are plenty in terms of Good ones. I'm not gonna shit on everyone that I don't mention because yeah. I just haven't listened to many right. of them. But a couple of my friends have this podcast. I think it's called um, Sidious Mag, but it's like something along the lines of Sidious. That's like the name of I think it might have been their magazine at first, but now it's that their podcast. Mm-hmm. But those guys are very knowledgeable. Um, they cover all events and, um, they have really cool guests on there. So I would say start with Sidious Mag for sure. What's our names. Do you remember? Yeah. Kyle Merber and Chris Chavez. Oh yeah. Yeah. no, Chris. Yeah. No, yeah. we
0: were messaging. We were going to try to get together because I mean, he just knows I'm a track fan, yeah. but at the world meet, I think we're going to, we never ended up connecting, but yeah, it seems they like got a great Michael guy. Jo-
1: they got Michael Johnson on there. They've had some really good, um, um, track and field athletes over, over the years, like hop on there, but they're just like. I mean, again, I, I don't want to like sound too like they're making the sport better, but like they're they're like putting a, a good spin on the sport and the way they're like you know um, the angle that they're coming out yeah. at with it. They have like a, a weekly newsletter. Um, um, Kyle does. And, um, yeah, just the interviews and, um, the broadcast that they've had. The social media is good. They're great. They're yeah. great. And yeah. so they're doing, they're doing a really nice thing. So I would definitely start and recommend that one for okay. sure. So until you get yours going, that's the one. There we go. Exactly.
0: <laughs> well, here's how i end these podcasts. They okay. Always, so obviously you're an outlier, probably the biggest outlier I've ever had Olympic gold medalist, but. I'd like to share the gift of archery with outliers. Dude. And here's your bow, the one that you killed it with yesterday. This is... It's, it's been an honor and uh
1: Thank it, you so much. To, to share what I do with you. Thank you. And, yeah. No, this was... Um... Like I said, this was more than than I uh, definitely anticipated. Um, you know, even just we didn't even touch on the lift; um, <laughs> we didn't even get into that. But um, no, this is a, a, a totally different new world. And at my age, this is something that like really excites me. And, and uh, yeah, hopefully, I don't know where this is this bow is going to take me. Yeah. But um, right now, I I feel super comfortable with it. And and uh, and this is this is the Ferrari of bows. Yeah. Wayne was saying so. This is a, a huge and a special gift. So I really appreciate it. Um, it won't be hanging up anywhere in my game room. It's going to be like Being ready used. to go on, on the front deck,
0: I, but Hey, I need a singlet here. A Citroen singlet. You got it. Yeah. You got we need it. to put that up here on, you know, in my gym so I can, I mean, you've been an inspiration. I loved watch. I love your attitude. I love your winning mindset. I love what you bring the spirit you bring to track and, uh, it, and just spending time with you just kind of reinforced what I already thought about you. So thank you very <laughs> much. It's like, it's a huge honor for me.
1: No, I appreciate it. Well, the feelings are mutual. So um, I was just going to say, uh, when you when you come out um, to Park City, we'll uh, – well, I was going to say, like, actually, with um, – at first when I was, like, slapping the yeah. – before I got that on there, I was thinking, like, how long do you think it will take for me to, like, move up? Because I want to just touch real brief on – you had a 90 – what was it? A 90-pound – my bow is yeah. it a draw what's it called a drawback yeah, draw, draw, weight, draw yeah. weight yeah and uh, you know if you told me it was a double that i wouldn't know the difference so i tried it mm-hmm. but right now i probably have what a 10 pound no no, no no
0: it's it's 40s okay there yeah, we go yeah um but, but it's but, a
1: new movement it's like everybody's starting off they
0: got to learn the right. technique yeah
1: so how often um do you think i would start to like or how quickly would you think i'm going to progress not to like getting up to 90 but like when do you think i'll graduate like the 40
0: yeah I, it it goes pretty quick once okay. you start doing it your body responds you know in training yeah you, you know you, your body is going to give what you ask of it you just haven't asked your body to do this type of movement. Yeah. So once you start doing it, your body will respond and it'll go quick. Gotcha. I mean, you're an athlete, your your body's used to being yeah. tested in different ways. So you just haven't done it. But once you start shooting every day, a few arrows or, you know, at least every week,
1: it's gonna go quick. Because the way you're talking about framing my singlet, I'm going to be framing this one when I'm moving on to the next one. Oh, that's you know? awesome. And then I'll, I'll have to get you to sign it and, and we'll have to get a picture uh, together oh, with something up on there. I'd love, so, I'd love that. But um, but yeah, singlet coming your way, no doubt. Sweet. Absolutely. For sure. At least thank, I could do.
0: Thank you, Matthew. It's been, it's been an honor and I really appreciate you. Cam, thank you. Thanks for having me on. All right. Keep hammering. Thanks, man. All right, guys, listen up. For years, we've been talking about doing a lift run shoot event and we're finally making it happen. I've teamed up with my friends over at Mountain Ops to create an exclusive VIP experience where you get the opportunity to come out to Oregon and live and breathe through my mantra of lift, run, shoot. We will run through a beast mode workout, hit the hills of Pisgah, and wrap it up shooting bows over at the Endicott Farms. This is a perfect event for new hunters or someone who has been wanting to get into bow hunting for a very long time. We want to give you the tools to take your bow into the field and be successful. Slots are filling up fast. If you guys want to join me in Oregon at the end of July, go to mountainops.com to secure your spot. Hoyt Archery has been my bow hunting sponsor since 2005. And personally, I really don't care what bow you shoot, what brand it is. I just hope that you have the same level of confidence in your equipment as I have in mine. Because I know if I get one opportunity... With my Hoyt, it's going to pay off.